You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. Welcome to the Sacred Collective, where we have honest conversation and no judgment. Discuss theology and current events in an open and thoughtful setting. Say things that you are too afraid to say in church. We welcome your beliefs. We welcome your ideas. Join us. Find us online at ScreamingPods.com, on iTunes at The Sacred Collective, on Twitter, Sacred underscore MN, and on Facebook, Sacred Collective Twin Cities. I am now recording. I'm being a fair man. I'm being a good little boy. <laughs> Roll call. Welcome to Sacred Collective. Call. My name's Caleb. My name's Curtis. Joshua. Gigi. Tina. Angela. Brian. Kayleen. And this is Sacred Collective uh, episode blah blah blah. Um, somewhere <laughs> in the teens. <laughs> somewhere in the teens. Tonight we are here um, to talk about uh, how the church or Christianity specifically has been weaponized against people and specific communities. Um, and our guest is Tina. Miss Tina. Tina. Yeah. Hi. Would you like to give a short introduction about you know about who you are, what you do now, um, and where you came from a little bit? Give me an answer, but whatever, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. So, uh, my name is Trina, and I grew up in a very strict, what I would like to call a cult oh. form of Christianity. Um, took me a long time to realize it was a cult, but uh, nonetheless, here we are. Um, and I sort of escaped, um, went to a Christian college, figured out a lot about myself, figured out I was queer, um, and became a nurse. Also became a stripper and a burlesque performer, and um, just sort of exploring life in a very different way than I was taught to do. Nice. How would, can I ask? I hope I'm not being too uh, in, uh, intrusive or anything, but how would you define queer? Like gender queer or like? Um, queer. So I am pansexual, bisexual. Uh-huh. Um. And I also just don't really identify as a woman. Yeah, sure. Um, I haven't quite found the term. I just call myself a femme. Sort of yeah, like sure. Stick no, that with. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. I know, like, in the community, like, queer is just is a broad term. Mm-hmm. I, I like the term queer because I don't know one day to the next what I'm going to be attracted to. And so I, I like that better than, like, the term bi or something like that. I yeah. feel like it's just more... I fear queer, like, really, like, encapsulate Like, it's both can talk about gender and just, like, your attractions at the mm-hmm, same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, and I also think there's a political thing behind the word queer that I think is really important. Um, sort of the the concept of being, ra- like, radical, as in mm. throwing down your oppressors, fighting back, being loud, and not, um, not just sort of silently falling <coughs> in the background, falling in line, um, but rather saying no, but, uh, like, enough. That's beautiful. Because isn't queer like you're taking in a word that's been used against you? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And you'll find a lot of like older um, LGBT people have a hard time with that word mm-hmm. um, because they it's do. been used yeah. so much to like as, as a slur. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the sort of this younger generation has just sort of like reclaimed the word. Um, we've found a lot of power in it. Um, so, yes, there can be a little bit of a rift when we bring it up. I'm very cautious at calling people queer. Um, I'd like to make sure that it's something they're comfortable with. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. 
Wait, what about the word femme? What is that? Um, so femme is an identity that sort of sprung up from, um, well, there's a little bit of argument of where it started, but essentially, you know, you have your butch lesbians and your femme lesbians, um, but then trans people and non-binary people came in the picture and kind of like trying to find terms that they could identify with, um, because there wasn't language back in the day for people like my partner or I, like, we didn't know, like, there was no genderqueer, there was no non-binary, there, mm-hmm. and so they sort of adopted this term, femme, to describe themselves if, um, because in our society in general, we look at feminine things as sort of a negative, um, there's a mm-hmm. lot of shame around being feminine, there's a lot of abuse around it, um, and I sort of feel like um, taking that that identity and, like, being like, no, this is mine. Mm. Um, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid to be who I am. Um, the, the sort of, there's a lot of femphobia as well in the queer community. Like, sort of the, you'll see gay men be like, I won't date me femboys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Or you'll see sometimes like butch lesbians be like, um, is she, is she really queer or not? Right, yeah, She's yeah, very yeah. femme. Uh-huh. You know, like. So the, mm-hmm. it's sort of like an identity that people really find power behind mm-hmm. with all the bullshit that's come our yeah. way. Yeah. Thanks for explaining. Yeah. yeah that was, that was a really, honestly, that was a beautiful explanation. And I feel like it, now that society and just now that the conversation, like we're getting to a point to where we're talking about the intricacies of these things, a lot of things are popping up to where in the LGBTQ community, there are even discriminations against subcultures of the LGBTQ community, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And that's something that, that I've experienced too, and so, and so that was really yeah. really well put. Yeah, especially the trans community is really um, not supported well within the yes. own their own community, right. um, right. or non-binary people or genderqueer people in general. Um, I know my partner deals with that a lot. Um, I'm I'm someone I understand. I pass more as a as a people think I'm a woman. I just I guess look the part mm-hmm. of what people sort of ascribe a woman to be. Um, so I don't really have to deal with that, but because my partner um, sort of has this mix of masculine and femme sort mm-hmm. of people get really confused about me, especially even in the queer community, because they want to fit um. me in a certain type of box. Mm-hmm. You know, I label myself as gender queer. But I also feel like I'm all and none at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I have people who try to correct others of what my pronouns are. And I'm like, there's no way they can be getting it wrong because I go by all of them unless you're calling me it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I am fine with, you know. Which my mom has done. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That is, that is horrible. That is terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it was a, just a picture of me holding their nephew, and uh, they were like, "Oh, I thought it or something." something it like was that. a man, Jesus. and then went on a rant about how homosexuals are pedophiles. <laughs> oh I am so sorry. It makes so, me nauseous. That's, that's all good. That's I just got physically ill. And we laugh about it. It's not. I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's a. This is my. Uh, when I laugh, it's my response to like. Traumatic or uh, experiences, I just I laugh because I'm like, well, <laughs> that happened, whatever. But you know, in, like in reality, that was so upsetting, and that's 
well, my mom and her fundamentalist Christian ways to think that PTSD saying PTSD it yeah. is like a oh. it's super traumatic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I don't think most churches can even have conversations like this, um, just because they're they even open and affirming churches because yeah. they're they're just trying to save their ass really, or like look as open as possible. But then when you get down to the nitty gritty, you're like, whoa, you do what? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know? they'd be way 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 judgmental, which is. Because a lot of like clients I work with are prostitutes, um, but I don't think I don't think anyone's ever tried to force them out. Like people try to cover them up and stuff. But I mean, so well, like, is that your most important concern about her right now? Is that she has something like she's clothed? But I mean, you know, like is her cleavage really that important? Like can't she just eat her meal and just you know, oh, just fuck her home? You know? <laughs> well, I've had <clears throat> clients come to the food shelf who are trans, and they said they're like, I'm shocked that you're serving me. That's really sad. And I was like, I told them, I looked them in their eye and said, as long as I'm working here, you can come to this food shelf anytime you want. I was like, do not let that logo of the unnamed place where I work Mm -hmm. deter you from coming here and getting food. I was like, as long as I'm at this counter, you will get food. Especially since there's such a large population of people who are homeless who are trans mm-hmm. or non-binary mm-hmm. because their families have kicked them out, right? right. Or they were yeah. no longer safe yeah. at so home, right? Our organization has the only homeless shelter for 18 to 21 year olds, mm-hmm. and they're all from the queer community. Like all of them, wow! All the, at this point, a vast, vast majority. Votes right now, they all are. I mean, it isn't always like that, but that's what happens. And they're from like rural Minnesota. You know, they're none of them are from the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. but they end up here because it's the only place they can Well, yeah, get, like, well, if you out. come out as trans in Brainerd, Minnesota, like, <laughs> that is... There were three from Wilmer last time. That is there. something traumatic to go there. I mean, I can't speak directly, but, I mean, yeah. I've so, seen country, rural Minnesota culture, <laughs> and I can't even imagine trying to wrestle with that and... I mean, I like, can, ugh, I can ugh. understand that going to those areas, you know, just going to a gas station, yeah, driving through, and I, I always have to worry about like, oh, let me let me time out the bathroom. Is there mm. anybody in there? Mm. Um, time it out that if I hear anybody in there while I'm in the stall, I slow myself down, wait until they mm. wash mm. their hands, whatever, or you know, just timing it out to where I don't have to have any contact in a bathroom with somebody. Right. So I just, like, avoid all of that. Cause Traveling is very stressful for us because um, we don't know a lot of times in the airports. Airports are the worst. Yeah, airports off. are bad, too. People don't understand who Juji is. So, like, walking into a bathroom, you can hear, like, the record screech stop, and, like, every woman, like, is like, you're in, you know, like, what are you doing in here kind of thing. We don't get, it's verbally, we don't get too much said, but uh, the looks are, mm. it's intense. Like, you can feel. I've been physically stopped, though. You have, yeah. So, you know, I've had somebody block my way and was like, you're in the wrong bathroom. And I happened to have my best friend with me, and was, she got all shaky, angry, and was like, Gigi, just go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay. And she took care of the uh, person, so, but... Oh, yeah, we have to we have to go together. Like I can't let them go to the bathroom by themselves. <laughs> it's like ridiculous thing to like say, but in yeah, your know, bathrooms are a hard thing. But yeah, if we travel because my family lives in Wisconsin, so if we travel to see them, 
it's mm. it's interesting. I guess in my head mm. is like mm. I, I understand somewhat why people are like that, but it, like just the way what your story and it's, it pains me to hear it. But why is there such a phobia about that? Like I just don't understand. But why the bathroom is such a big is it deal? Fear? I don't know if it's fear or not, but it's just it's always something where I'm like it's a it's a fucking bathroom. You know, you're, like you have to use the restroom. To, everyone I, has to use the restroom. I think especially with the this last presidential stuff whatever how everything was getting brought out like this fear of like the man in the women's bathroom, you know, mm-hmm. where they were throwing trans people under the bus and yeah. and I think that really played a big part into why I ca- even more am now getting looks and reactions mm-hmm. than what I used to before. Mm-hmm. Well, like historically in America, Christianity has said homosexuals are perverts, trans people are perverts, they're sick. So when you grow up with even media, like movies talk about that, like movies, the punchline of so many jokes in movies is is making fun of trans women, essentially. Like, anytime you're trying to make oh, someone yeah. laugh about mm-hmm. a man in a dress, you're making fun of trans people. Even like Bugs Bunny, like, do you remember, do you guys remember the little cartoon? Mm-hmm. Where the whole Where punchline as- is him dressed as a woman and then he, like, makes Elmer Fudd fall in love with him or something. Yeah. Like, honestly, when I was a kid, it was like, oh, this is silly and absurd, but now it's like, what? What the fuck, you guys? Yeah. Well, even like modern movies, like what was the White Chicks or whatever? Yeah, and yeah. Then yeah. They, oh. There was that horrible movie where Gwyneth Paltrow played like an overweight person, and, oh, yeah. and there was oh, shallow like, hell. No, shallow hell. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, but kind of touching on the bathroom issue to my brother, who is gay. Um, lived in South Florida and taught a speech team that had a lot of queer kids on it and they would have to go to like out of state meets in like, like Georgia, Georgia. Oh, no. and like West Virginia and I remember my brother and his husband who were like co um, co coaches um, they would I mean they had like a very like flamboyant young man and I mean he was like super proud to be gay yeah. and that's awesome just totally out um but they're like stopping to go to the bathroom in like rural Georgia and it was like a big thing like my brother's like okay like you need to go to the bathroom with a partner you can't be alone like yeah, he like, couldn't show affection he yeah. couldn't show affection to his own husband mm. like yeah. He said it was terrifying, like, going into these places, and he himself being a gay man, and then um, taking care of, like, these queer kids, and, like, okay, we just need to, like, get food, get coffee, go to the bathroom, but don't go to the bathroom by yourself. Mm -hmm. You need a partner, you need to be watching your team, like, if something happens, like give a shout or something so I mean they had like these buddies pretty much so they could go do like normal stuff that you know people don't even think about go get a coffee like go pee at a super America and they're like okay if someone says something to you 
you shout or, you know, this person's going to go with you. And, you know, like, it was just ridiculous hearing about it that something I don't even think about going to go get tea at the essay and go to the bathroom where it was legitimately scary for these kids in West Virginia and Georgia to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) just, it fills me with rage and fear and, I don't know, like, just the way my brother described it, it was, it was absolutely heartbreaking. And, like, I'm really glad he and his husband moved back up. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, they graduated... Um, graduate school like during the recession so they're like any kind of job you can take take it they had to basically so both he and his partner at the time now his husband um took jobs in northern florida Mm. and they're like and it was so funny we went to pride with them this year (laughs) and my brother's husband was like yeah, Pride in Jacksonville was like <laughs> we would go to the one gay bar. Yeah. There'd be like two for one. Put all the shutters <laughs> down. Pride, <laughs> like, no one really knows we're gay. <laughs> yeah, just go to this one gay bar, and they're like drink specials. <laughs> like, don't say it too loud. <laughs> like, and he's like, it's Welcome it's the Twin Cities. It's a. Totally I mean, like Pride has its own. Issues as well. And now it's funny because Pride here is taken over by like all the Christian and Catholic churches. Yeah. Why are there so many walking in the parade? Where are the great people? Yeah, Pride Pride was super late this year, and it and it was long because of protests. But protests, I I understand. And like Christian churches putting up signs, like one was like. God thinks you're fabulous. And like, like uh, you're trying too hard here. I looked over at my brother's husband and just looked at his. He's like. I just want to say, as someone, the listener, I'm making a disgusting face. Yes, as someone who is still in the church and in ministry, and being a, a pastor, like I'm part of the UCC, which is United Church of Christ, which has been out in support of GLBTQ, is like they were their first denomination that ordained, you know, a homosexual back in the '70s when that's unheard of, or a lot of denominations now. And I know a lot of... Didn't I, I he can't have to s- wear a bulletproof vest through the inauguration? Who? The pastor you're talking about. No, well, this was actually... That that person you're probably thinking of is Gene Robinson, which That's was actually... He's not UCC. He no. was, I Episcopalian. think, Presbyterian. Yeah. Episcopalian. Oh, right. Yeah. But, like, this... It was actually... A, a, I think it was a woman, an African-American woman, Oof. who was queer, who was a lesbian. So that was huge in the yeah. 70s. So... There's a lot of denominations that are coming out now, and they're like, "Oh, it's kind of well, not cool, but like, hey, we support them." But like, <laughs> no, it's the UCC, it's trendy now. But, but yeah, it, it, no, and, and yeah, it is. It's right. trendy for, for a lot sure. of denominations. But what I love about the United Church of Christ is they did it before it was quote unquote trendy, where they're like, "These men and women, however they identify, we support them not only as, as where they are as people, but wherever their sexual identity is, but also that they can believe in God." Because a lot of you guys have like been taught fucked up things about God and Christianity and faith, and I know like our denomination, like my church was like we're going to go down to Pride and we're not going to be like, and the UCC had a huge presence at Pride, but it wasn't like hey come to our church you know be a Christian. It was like no we want to be here with you to support you to say hey. Not all Christians are assholes. Not all Christians are going to be like, oh, you have to change or burn or whatever. But, like, 
you are accepted by God for whoever you are or choose to be. So I just want to preface that, that a lot of Christians are assholes when it comes to sexual identity and the whole gambit, but there are a lot of denominations like mine who are like, no, we're here to be with you on your journey wherever you are. So just... I feel very uh, protective, and I know there's there's a lot of other people in the queer community who feel this way, and it's... We get out of the church, we escaped, and then, like, we see other queer people who are still in the church, and even if it's an accepting church, where I'm like, I don't want to save my people. Right. Like, let me let me get you out of the... like. And I think that's just differing opinions, because, yes, you can be gay and a Christian, totally fine, whatever, but I feel so protective of... Because of my experiences, I'm so protective of my community. And whenever I see, like, church presence, I'm like, hey, what the fuck do you really want? Like, yeah, am yeah. I allowed to swear? You have to swear, swear as much as you want. Okay, so, I'll work on that. We swear a lot here. I'm going to actually edit in a lot. I need to do some clean takes on everyone saying fuck so I can insert that into the audio editing. And there's a swear jar behind you. That's how you fund this operation. I tell people yeah. who ever listen to this, and I'm like, you know, if you don't, if you don't like swearing, please don't listen because we swear a lot. Who doesn't lot. like swearing? My hey, there's some people like, like my family that oh, don't like swearing. My, my parents were like, we couldn't say darn, crap. What? Um, we couldn't say hell. What's wrong with darn? It rhymes with yard. So my mom, my mom, because darn, darn is the Christian word because of damn. Because you're just trying to say damn, but in a different way. You should just say damn. Like how cheesy. Like cheesy swear. Like he said that before, bro. Swear word. Like he would say, oh swear word. You know who? Oh come on. Just like the like oh frick. But no, he would he just say that swear word. That's what he would say. That's what my brother so does. Funny. My brother will be like, "Ah, oh, frick!" And so like his kids will be like, his kids are teenagers, and like they'll be like, "Ah, oh, frick, Brian!" I'm like, "Why don't you just say the f word?" No, that's bad. I'm like, "You're saying frick." I said, "God knows if you say holder. fuck," and and they were like, "Oh my God, you said fuck!" I'm like, "You just said." Pretty much the same. The, the whole Christian it's swear also word really, thing is just so It's also really classic, too. Yeah. Because all, a lot of those words were words that, like, people of lower income, their language yeah. sort of was surrounded Absolutely. that. And so I think there's still that weird classes, like, swearing makes you less of good of a person kind of thing, which I think is bullshit. <laughs> Sometimes swearing just feels good. Like, you'll just get really flustered. Like, a long, long ass day at work, I'd be like, fuck! That was the long day. It just, it's therapeutic. It makes you feel better. And why does, a, like, a swear word escape, like, a ghost coming out of your belly when you, like, stub your toe and you're just like, fuck! Like, you know, like, it's like involuntarily. You're like, yeah, like we need it's, these words. Why, like, why don't we say, like, rabbit? I can't believe I'm the yeah. one saying this, but we're getting way off topic, you guys. Caleb, what? You're the one bringing us back in. Now, now the history of swearing. I do have a segue question. So, it seems like we were talking a little bit about rural America, also a little bit about traditional or fundamental Christianity. Which one can we blame more for mm. this whole issue? Hmm. Aren't of, they connected? Well, I don't know. Is it like a nature versus nurture? Like, if Christianity grows up with a dad that's rural, it's going to be, you know, 
judgmental, but if you're like an urban Racing Christian, no, I'll tell you, rural. urban Christians are just as bad. <laughs> are you, asking, but it's not, you were saying specifically that rural places were worse. Well, I think we, we live we in a queer bad. ass bubble in this yeah, in the Twin right. Cities. Yes. Like when I meet straight I like people, I get confused mm-hmm. because I'm like, I'm sorry, you're in the Twin Cities you and, you're, and you're straight. I understand they mm-hmm. exist, but. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I think is this what you're asking, Curtis? Is it? Are you asking? In essence, w- would a rural society in this culture breed a fear of of queer people or you know of people in a minority, or is it just in essence Christianity? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who the fuck to blame. Should we blame I, rural people? Or I think overall, who is to blame here, guys? I think the problem is is when people of don't immerse themselves in anything mm. more farther than their own backyard. Mm-hmm. So they're always it's about fear. Mm-hmm. It's about fear of the unknown of what you don't know about. If you don't read, you don't you don't read upon other religions, other races, other cultures anything but yourself so it, fear breeds right. hate so which, lack of exposure maybe yeah, yeah. right no so totally. more in rural areas the reason why you're secluded it's, it's because and then they only get an echo chamber of what mm. they hear within themselves because they all know each other they all talk amongst themselves mm-hmm. and if so you don't just, know what to look up like if you don't know the language if you don't know how to what to look up you're not going to learn about it and that is like literally one of the biggest struggles I had leaving my cult was I didn't know how to word things Navigate to world. learn mm. about it. You didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't too. have the vocabulary, yeah. which obviously meant I offended a lot of people by asking certain oh. questions certain ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thankfully, Interesting. they were forgiving. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. bro, I mean, it's it's wonderful, but. How long since you left home did we meet? We met when we were about the university. Yeah, so... What year was that? Yeah, but when I was at Bethel, I was at Bethel between 2005 and 2009. And I was going, in the summers, I was, for the first two years, I was traveling back home and living in my basement in a tent because they didn't give me a bed. Ouch! (laughs) Shit. They they got rid of my bed when I You've left. been through some shit. This in, it's yeah. very I have a very interesting life, I will admit. But yeah, two thousand five ish, six ish probably. Um, that's when we met. Yeah, that was I graduated in oh, two thousand six in undergrad started seminary then fall. Sorry. So, so I graduated yeah. before. So you would have started the year after I graduated. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I met him maybe right and after. And I had I had a lot of cultural Stuff too. I grew up in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and I went there, and I was like, "Oh, there's all these white people. Like, I don't know what to do with this." Like, it was not culturally diverse at that time. Yeah, it, was, it gets a little bit more now. It's nine percent. I know. Oh, they, but they liked it. when I when I got there, yeah. and they had that first big student gathering in what's the big hall called? Benson Great Hall. Yeah. You wanted suit? The president. Yeah, you used to work here for some regular time, right? Yeah. Still used to Literally talked about how many people of color were in the freshman year. Oh, gosh. We have 15. They gave a number, and I was like, even me in my own, like, I was very naive and ignorant, because even though I'd grown up in Milwaukee in a 
primarily right. dominant like neighborhood of color, uh, my parents were really racist, so um, they wouldn't let me interact, interact with, with people yeah. who were not white. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my grandparents. It's pretty, yeah, it was pretty, and I didn't even know, you know, obviously I didn't realize it was racist growing up, because mm. that's course, just, because that was just, yeah. they the taught me a whole lot of lies, you know. You've had to figure it out for yourself. But even then, I yeah. knew that something was off for them yeah. to be like, we have 15 people of color this year. I was like, whoo. Like, <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, oh my, Milwaukee, my mom's from Milwaukee. Yeah, she grew up there. Do you, like, what? like the north side, capital. Like wow. in Milwaukee proper? Like, because like my mom, my mom's from Brown Deer, if you've ever heard of Brown yeah, Deer. Yeah, no, I'm in, like, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Okay, Milwaukee yeah. proper. Yeah, like, my, my mom grew up in Brown Deer, but then my grandparents have lived... Forget where they lived in Milwaukee proper, but I forget where. Um, I lived in West Dallas for three yeah, years. Oh, and I Wallace. My, 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 Dallas, as some people. Can. My my uh, my grandma was very racist. My grandpa wasn't racist, but my grandma was because my my mom's best friend in sixth grade was an African American woman, and my mom could always go over to her house. Mm-hmm. But whenever she want, my mom wanted this friend to come over. My grandma would always say, like, oh, you can't, she can't come over. And my mom didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And now, all those years later, you know, when she got to college, she came up here to Minneapolis. And she was like, my mom just didn't like black people. Yeah. You know, and my mom even, like, and I kind of get some of my angst and anger from my mom is my mom and um, my mom's, or my grandparents had friends down in Florida. Of course, down there, they, you know, had colored people's bathrooms, white people's bathrooms. And my mom didn't understand that. She was a white person bathroom, and like colored person bathroom. She went in a colored person bathroom, oh, and this person let's not say colored. Person. Well, no, that's. And I'm just saying that's what that's the, that's her experience. I know that's what I'm it sorry. was. I don't like it either, but that's what it was. Okay, and sorry. that's so seeing seeing that. I know we're a little off topic, but anyway. I'd love to hear more about your experience and like how you went from that bubble that you were in and that and then to, to, to what you do now and how, how like your journey to, to that because I think that's really interesting and fascinating and part of your story and mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of you know one extreme from here you are yeah. to a, a totally different way of life totally different way of being mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. really like how did you get there like what happened along the way a little bit I mean yeah obviously share what you feel like is, yeah. is, is comfortable don't you don't need to like you know um I mean <clears throat> I I wish I knew why I I have siblings so I'm the second oldest mm-hmm. an older sister um and a younger sister and then a younger brother and um oh, my mom um was heavily abused when she was a child and uh, never gotten help because, well, and then she was addicted to drugs and alcohol. And um, while I think this is sort of a common theme when it comes to addiction is you replace that addiction with something else. Oh, yeah, totally. She replaced it with religion. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes she sense. Met, yeah, she met my dad um, when they were going to counseling for their addictions. Um, and they... The story is that, like, they were sleeping, and my mom woke up, and Satan was standing um, at her bed, and that's when she decided to get on her knees and pray to God, and um, um, that's how they got saved. 
Okay. Um, so I grew up with a with a really bizarre sort of satanic thing going on there. <sighs> there a was bit. a she. No, she yeah. talked about Satan's presence yeah. all the time. Hmm? What's the nomination? They said they were non-denominational, but um, they were definitely holy rollers. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, there was. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they um, spoke in tongues. That they got slain in the spirit. Pentecostalism, probably, because that's what I grew up. Which, so, but not as strict clothing wise. Mm. Which was yeah, well, there's very different bizarre. levels of yeah. Pentecostalism. It kind of, kind of sounds cultish because I grew up Pentecostal. So there's different levels. So yeah, I, I was totally so on that note. I was just speaking to someone about how Bethel's becoming a liberal Christian school now, and how Northwestern's becoming. Very conservative, like that's uh, true. Like ankle skirt, like ankle skirts. Oh, really? not, It's not. It's not an official uniform. All the girls are wearing them, so everyone's wearing skirts down their ankles. Everyone's they're wearing. They're kitty corner yeah. to each other. The two schools. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, Buffalo and Northwestern are literally like they can't. They, can't, they have too apart. many students. They don't even know where to house them. That scares me. Me too. Northwestern. Yeah, and they're bleeding. They have so much money. I was just talking to. Um, it's not I was talking to a speaker who works at Bethel, and he was saying Northwestern is cash fat, selling. and they are enrollment is out of the chain because they're super conservative. No, like I think conservatism is. I think it's back. I think radical conservatism is really back. That's shocking. Well, back I mean, radical plate. conservatism well, we're is back because of Trump. Yeah, yeah. let's be no, honest. Totally. Well, because when the election happened, like living in the bubble. Trump, Trump is just what? an angel. He just is he the fed cause, it. Or is he like, a symptom of the... No, Trump's, this Trump's not smart enough to be the cause of anything. Yeah, <laughs> I think, he I the think he's the symptom. He's, he's not the symptoms. But yeah, I, think, so I, I think he gave he like a green light yeah. to people well, yeah. who were already kind of like swinging that way. I and now... Blame it more at Pence. Yeah. Because Pence has a very big conservative Christian following. And agenda. And agenda. So I think... It's just sort of this, like, oh, they look, that Trump, uh, we're back. The cumbersome, large, unnecessary the cumbersome, puppet. The unnecessary puppet. puppet that is your uncle that has no filter. The drunk racist uncle who ruins Christmas every year. And just yeah. touches all his niece. And yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. So I guess with when you were at that college, Bethel, if we could say it, yeah, I used to work there. Yeah. I used to work there. Um, yeah, I have two of my degrees from there. And unfortunately, but Dr. One, when you were there, did you kind of start to dis- distinguish like you were queer in your identity? Was it there that you kind of like rejecting how you were raised and all that kind of it's stuff? Because I feel like that would be a really hard place to do. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, not so. right away. Uh, Quick background thing: the church I went to was just my family, and it was in our house. This is why I say cult. Like nobody else was a good enough Christian. Was they, they were homeschooled. Extended family or just just uh, my sister's brother. I'm just the six of us. Um, we had we had church in our house. So it was very isolated. Yeah, it really was. And I was homeschooled. <laughs> this is why it makes it even more amazing because I always talk about how you know the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But there was like a tornado that day they were born, and they were just like thrown way across. I attribute it though. I loved reading. And even though my parents were very strict, I did hide books 
and like sneak books in. Uh, I couldn't even read Michael Creighton. Oh my gosh. That was too liberal. Yeah. Sees Jenna. The liberal propaganda. Right? Science. Science. (laughs) But I I read a lot. I read, you know, five books a week. And I think that really um, gave me a sense. Yeah. It gave me, it it gave me a sense of like, there's something better out there in the world. There's different people. Um, I remember reading a story about, I think it was a, the first time I had come across a trans woman in a story, and I was like, oh, that's, I've never heard of this before. This is what thing. is that? That's this a thing. thing. And it was yeah. a really beautiful story, and I was like, I don't see what's wrong with that. And of course, my parents were. <laughs> you think it's just exposure that, like, creates bubbles like this? Because before it was gender, like, assignment surgery, it was, like, sex change operations, and Minnesota was one of the first places on the planet to do it. Yeah, John and, and, and the Twin Cities was also the first place in the United States that had protections mm-hmm. for trans people. So that is like a big thing. That but is it that simple? Just exposure opens people up to those things? Yeah, I think so. I think no, so, too. Because, so yeah. yeah. I mean, most people, like, when they come from a rural area like me, like, look, when I got here from college, I was like, I've only met one black person my whole life, mm-hmm. you know? And Bethel wasn't a great place to meet more, you know? Um, but <laughs> it's so <laughs> better than Blooming Prairie. But, I, but like, question, like, I have questions. So people that still come to me and they, like, volunteer with me, they're like, how do you talk to black people? And I'm like, just like you talk to everyone else. Mm-hmm. We all, that's how you talk to, like, we're not those people, we're just people, you know? We just talk together and try to, like, right. that's how you talk yeah. to people, like, they're people. Not like there's something else that you don't have to t- tiptoe around. And that's, you can like in conservative areas. There's this fear, and it, it paralyzes them to the mm-hmm. point where they can't they can't get there. But the more someone's exposed to something, the more their mind is open to different possibilities, and they're not threatened anymore. And a willingness to listen. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the reason you know there's the whole talk about oh God, it's just the older generation. I, you know, I just hope they die off. But the thing is, is those mm-hmm. ge- older generations are raising their children mm-hmm. and isolating them to think the same way they do. So and so the more you talk bad about a certain group of people, the more you are isolating your children from wanting to learn about them because they they uh, they're bad. They're bad. So wow. it just grows. I think I was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like I really wanted to know why my mom hated people so much. Yeah. They're like this isn't right. And mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if I knew if it was right or wrong. Just I just to find out. You're curious. You're curious I was curious. Yeah. I was like, why? Like, she could never answer my questions. And, and if you asked too many questions in my household, you were being like a sinner. Like, yeah. you just have to have faith. And I'm like, yep. cool, yep. but why? That's like, terrible. see, and that and the thing it's is, such a is you are you are rare. Mm. That's the reason why you've been able to get as far as you have is because you've been curious and you've been exploring things outside of your family's bubble. Like most people, like, I mean, in in my family, you got, uh, I mean, ours was pretty accepting, except, you know, my extended relatives were, they were racist or whatever, but once you hear the N-word a bunch of times and, you know, hearing the subtle racism, like, 
you know, seeing a, a black man get out of a nice vehicle, and what is the automatic thing you hear? Oh, they must be a drug dealer. But they'll never hear that, you know, with the white person walking out wow. of a nice vehicle. You know, stuff like that. Very subtle racism. It doesn't yeah. need to be like, ah. I always hear people say, like, oh, he must be a Timberwolf. And I'm like, what? What does that mean? Because they sports players. Oh. Yeah, he must be the white. Wait a minute, he turns wolf. I was like, what does that mean? What does the team I hear people say that. We're gay, we don't know sports. People say that, like when someone, they'll see like a Latino guy in a nice car, they'll be like, oh, he must play baseball. Stereotypes are real. Well, just weird, like, you know? I've never heard that, but I'll probably attest to that. So well, someone asked thing. me several times because there's a couple guys in the neighborhood with really nice flashy cars, and they're like, "Is that a Viking?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Why would you think that?" And they're like, "Well," and I'm like, "Oh, that's that's what you think. Why why would a black guy have money?" You know? Jesus, so that's what, are the that's worst. what they think. That's you know? a very subtle what I call diet racism right there. Ooh, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. So in, in your all's opinion, can we ever as humans? Can we ever get to a place where this like seclusion, which is breeding racism, which is breeding prejudice, can we get to a place to where that's not an issue? And if so, how does how does that happen? Well, if you look at like that, here's a big problem. Our textbooks are so whitewashed. Hmm. Nobody's learning the truth. Whitewashed and straightwashed. Yes, <laughs> In, incredibly. So this is why people think um, trans is new, gay is new, when it's Mm. not. Like, in um, during the 1940s or 1930s in Germany, there was a huge queer population. And they were doing research on trans people and learning so much, and there was this beautiful science growing from it. And then once Hitler came, he burned all of that. And all of that information was gone. And so... This this is why people don't think trans people existed till now because we mm. destroyed all of the evidence because we didn't want them to exist. And I think this is what we've literally done in schools. We've done a really good job of destroying the evidence so that nobody's actually growing up one to learn how to communicate with each other. We only know how to be defensive. Mm. We only know how to listen so that we can reply versus oh, listening to like just learn. waiting waiting for you to stop right. talking so I can talk right about like we have never really learned we, we don't teach people how to communicate we don't teach people how to think critically, to think critically um, how to take accountability for your actions um, and it just has breeded this culture where certain groups mostly like white cis men get away with a lot of stuff while the marginalized just continue to be more marginalized. Mm. And there's just no representation, really, of all of this work that queer people, people of color, um, trans people have done. Like, we have artists, we have writers, we have actors and actresses, and we just keep getting pushed to the side and ignored. I mean, if if there's anything, an example, it wasn't even that long ago that they made a movie about the Stonewall riots. Mm -hmm. And it was a black trans woman of color. And a Latina. Yes, that that started this, throwing the brick, all of that. Well, in the movie, it was a white gay man. Actually, I don't even know if he was gay, but it was a white man that, 
he's the one that started it all. It was based you know? off of him. And it, it's just the erasure of, and, and this is Christianity does this too, because if you think about who is behind it. So I went to a Christian school briefly before um, my parents homeschooled me. Mm. And think about who's like writing our textbooks. Yeah. It's fundamentalists, conservative people are writing their textbooks. Like they're literally in control of our history and our information. Well, we, we were having an honest conversation today at a conference and we were talking about uh, culture and what our culture starts on. And it's predicated upon the genocide of indigenous people. Mm-hmm the subjugation of women, enslavement of Africans, and, uh, I mean, basically oppressing anyone who's not rich, white, and property owners. Mm-hmm. And that was, rich, white, men, male property owners mm-hmm. were it. But our textbooks don't say that because, oh, George Washington seems like a real asshole. But you can't say that because he's the founder. You yeah. know? And so it's, it doesn't matter how noble some parts of the Constitution are. The way if you if you read it the way they wrote it you'd be like this is a really narrow really it's basically billionaires wrote it and just said all right this is our time um, we didn't touch on this but I was thinking of Mark Van Semek has a podcast called Deep Roots and he did an episode on Bayard Rustin Are you familiar with him at all so he was an openly gay man in the civil rights movement and he organized the March on Washington without him there is no I have a dream speech like he was always in the background because he was openly gay. And the people were afraid that no one would take him seriously. But he organized, he wrote some of that speech. Like, he was, a, he's a forgotten prophet. And so the episode that Mark Van Simic does on him, I think it's Deep Roots episode two. It's so good, because there's so much stuff I didn't know about that. You know, because it's just, I mean, history just doesn't yeah. talk about it. And then when history does talk about the LGBT community, um... They always refer to people like, oh, this woman lived with her longtime friend mm. um, for, you know, for 20 years. And it's like, they were together. Like, <laughs> Straight washed again. What, <laughs> yeah. what, what do we have to do to, like, get people? And then you see it now still, even though, like, it's a lot easier to be out. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, media and stuff will be like, gal pals and it's like two mm. freaking lesbians mm. having a kiss and I'm like what that no that's right not. so <laughs> is is there a cure uh, is there a reset button yeah for the whole world is, is well no is is there like for for this for prejudice for the I mean oh, education yeah, I think yeah, education yeah. is a big thing which you know that's the sad part is they're trying to you know, everything is put into defense and, and weapons and all of this yeah. other stuff mm-hmm. to actually fight more mm-hmm. when overall it could be, be putting into money for helping one another, like mm-hmm. education and food and like the things that are going to bring people together versus separate and divide. Mm-hmm. Not making college an extreme financial burden yeah. for which makes the bigger gap. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one in five families go hungry in this country. That's insane. We're the richest country in the planet. I mean, Jeff Bezos could pay for everyone to go to school from now until like Jeff Bezos can go fuck himself because agreed. I've been reading so many. Come on our podcast. Come talk to yourself. I've been reading so many articles about Jeff Bezos, (laughs) and it just makes me just. Unbelievably enraged. Okay, there he was too much. Money. I knew. I, knew I know. I no one can be he's morally just and have that much money. He's the richest but person on the planet, like ten times over. A lot of the people who have money say they're Christians, and it boggles my mind mm. that 
you can be a billionaire and live in your giant ass mansion and your private jet have your private jet (laughs) and like largely ignore the important parts of the bible that talks about being merciful to the poor and giving yeah exactly well i wouldn't call those people christians well, they think they're Well, right. Like, like they're speaking truth God to power. God has given me my like, jet because I am. What blessed. Jesus did was he spoke truth to power. He was for the oppressed, and like I have a lot. <laughs> my jet is blessed. Well, no, because I have a lot of family who are like name and claim and prosperity. Like I'm a good Christian. I pray. I give money. So God's going to bless me. Which this is nowhere in Scripture, like absolutely nowhere. Prosperity found in there. That's prosperity gospel. There's so many people who are doing that, and so they say. I think those people need to get called to the mat and say, "No, what you're believing, you think it's Christianity, but it's not. It's not Christianity." Like I would, like I would look at my family, point blank to their face, and be like, "You're not a Christian." That might be harsh, but I'd be like, "That is not the Jesus that is found actually in Scripture. What mm-hmm. you're going for," and then. You give Jesus a bad rap because Jesus was not about that. Jesus wasn't about the money. Jesus, if anything, Jesus overturned the money tables mm-hmm. in the church and was like, what the hell are you doing? This I, isn't what it's about. I think overall, to be able to change things, I think that is stuff that we need more of. We actually need people who are not marginalized who are actually accepting to talk out against mm. those people that are hate-filled or whatever, yes. because that's the only way that we're going to be able to get things moving, is that you, instead of, you know, just silently nodding, smiling and nodding with your racist uncle during Thanksgiving, <laughs> to be able to call them out on their bullshit, mm, and exactly. to be able to exactly. be like, no... Because, you know, right now it's just dividing more and more because you got people who are like, you know, for example, um, we're like, well, these these people are Christians are bad. You point out to the, you know, because like, for example, her sister would be like, oh, Muslim, 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 Muslim. And then we can be like, we can point to like, well, there's been bad Christians and this and this person and whatever well they're not Christian so they can separate yeah. themselves from that person mm-hmm. because oh we're we're not associated so it just mm-hmm. seems like they don't want to take accountability for what those people are instead of confronting yes. them. We, we've talked about this before did you have something to say? No. Oh, we, we've talked about this before but like evangelicals overwhelmingly supported Trump 80% mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. white evangelicals voted for Trump and that shows us that religion is no longer a matter of belief. It's a matter of identity. Mm-hmm. Like These people, they thought their very dignity was at stake, that someone was taking something from them. Mm-hmm. And so they voted for some guy who just blatantly lied to what do you want? No abortions? You got it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's honestly yeah. kind of yeah. that easy. It's almost like an exercise in like some sort of uh, mental masturbation to say, oh, they're not Christians, but I am. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm sorry, Brian, but like I feel like saying... I'm a Christian, they're not, is just kind of perpetuating the issue. Like, the issue isn't being a Christian, the issue is fucking caring about humans. Yeah. It's caring about humanity and, like, trying to, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm honestly, Brian, I love you. Can you hold hands? I love you. I'm not attacking you. No, I'm I just know. saying that, like, but I, I totally agree. I, I hear what you're saying, I totally agree, but I'm just saying that, like, I don't think that the issue is being a Christian. I think the issue is Maybe being a humanist, caring about people? I don't know what the term is. I think, like, from a historical perspective, I think 
Jesus' Christianity died with him. And yeah. after that, it was never the same. And it's never been the same. Because like, yeah. when, you, when you see him like, point out to churches, like just point to the church and be like, it's really it's really money. you could have helped so many people yeah. instead of building that. You know, like I've been to the Vatican, and like it's gorgeous. Yeah. But you're like, it's all stolen. Yeah, I've been there, too. It's all yeah, like, yeah, stolen. Yeah, it's stolen. Like, they actually t- went down the street to another temple. Like that, the whole altar, the, the what, what do they call it? The seat of St. Peter, like the actual, the big chair that's made of bronze in the middle of uh, the basilica, is literally just reforged bra- bronze that they stole from pagan temples. And you can go to the pagan temples and see where they ripped it out of the ceiling. Because it's just a new thing, new God. So. I think I got asked a question. One time someone asked me, um, what would like the Christian church had to do for you to want to be a part of it again? And... I honestly don't think that now that I know what Christianity Christianity has been a part of colonization, of white supremacy, of um, slavery, slavery of anti-woman's rights, um, the, what they've done to LGBT people, um, just historically looking how they have destroyed societies and cultures. It's just like a poison word to you now. It's just, how, are you, how can you even fix that? And mm-hmm. even just even just the way they treat sex workers, like how can you how can you fix all of this damage that you've done to society? Well, could you say the same thing about humanity itself? That you could say humanity caused this horrible thing to happen, or humanity. But only is, certain parts there, of humanity have, right? I don't know. I guess that was my question. Can you say like some parts of humanity can be redeemed? in this scenario or could you perhaps also say some parts of Christianity have a place that could be redeemed maybe not all I think some of it needs to what you're saying is humans in general are really terrible um, people right, are, no, I mean, every day I wake up, I think, God, can you just, like, I don't know, send the apocalypse now? I'm <laughs> over it. I can't read one more stupid news report yeah, about... The news depresses me. But... Yeah, so, when you talk about well, like, like a almost whole any group, world there's, view. there's going to be a group that they're gonna, they want to have a group that they're opposed to. Because it's so, we've talked about this before too, like it's really easy to say what you're against, but it's really hard to say what you're for. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's easier to just be like, I hate Muslims and I hate black people, it's easier to say that than it is to be like, oh, I'm for equality and I'm for uh, friendship or something. You know? Because yeah. when you actually have to be for something, you actually have to work. Like, people use the word ally a lot. Like, I'm an ally to the LGBT community. I'm like, I'm, this is me. Are you really? Have you listened? Are you friends with people in the community? Do you know what's affecting the community? Do you know anything about, like, using respectable pronouns or, you know, like, making sure you're using the right pronouns? Do you know anything about the current issues that are affecting the LGBT community? Because if you don't know anything about it, how are you an ally? And that's not to like. Yeah, just because you go once a year and attend a pride, that does not make you an ally. And this is this has been a largely discussed thing: is should allies be allowed at pride? And I'm not saying allies should be excluded at pride from pride. Yeah, sure, come. But I'm tired of allies taking up space and centering and, themselves and centering themselves mm-hmm. in our conversations because that's what's that's what happens. And that's I think what I feel like sometimes happens with the Christian Church is it likes to center itself in our conversations and I'm like I'm sorry you're abusing us I don't really want you to be centered in our conversation yeah well one thing you were deprived of because you were raised in such a weird way um, is you never got to have like a church community 
you know, that's the only thing I think that's really authentic to Christianity is the church itself. But I mean, that doesn't need to be religious. That's just a group of people yeah. who come together and hang out. They don't need to believe the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that could be know? a neighborhood block yeah. party. And so, but when, like when I think about the church growing up, like, so my town was very small, but we had I think there was like 22 kids in my grade were Catholic, and like everybody else was Lutheran. <laughs> so the Catholics were kind of we were the minority in town. But like it was like a little club. You know, my best friend was second grade, Derek Engelson. It was he was we were like Bible study partners. We didn't take it seriously at all. We were just fucking around. It was goofing around like kids do. But when I think of church growing up, I think of that. Mm-hmm. And I was an altar boy too, but like nothing ever happened to me, you know, or anybody in my parish that I know of. But like a lot of kids that I know grew up Catholic, that's not their story. Yeah. Church for them is a place of like where they were deeply like shattered yeah. as a child. Yeah. You know? And I even tried I tried to like go to churches. Like Bethel had like a list of like churches you go I I tried to like so hard figure out my space in Christianity. And I I don't there was there was Christian Collinswin's class I took on theology and I remember laying awake during like at night being like I have been fed a lie I've been lied to by the church I've been lied to by my parents um there is no truth like look at look at how many different variations of the bible there is like look at how many different beliefs there are based off like I believe this in the Bible. Well, I don't believe that, but I believe this in the Bible. There's so much cherry-picking. There's so much misunderstanding, and I just kind of, like, was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think I'm, I don't think this is for me. I think that if you're going to base a religion off of a book that people don't even understand when they read it, like, that's a really unsafe thing to do. There's this great meme I've seen where it's this, this kid reading the Bible, and it's Jesus, like, putting his arm around, like, be careful, you can hurt a lot of people with that, you know? Right though, like it's yeah. not it's not an accessible book, and if you don't which speak the language ex- and yeah. put the study in, you know. it's a, it's classist, it's ableist because if you don't have the certain IQ level, then you might not understand it. So you have to base your belief off of what someone else tells you, and that's incredibly yeah. invalidating and like not to me. That's not religion. That's mm-hmm. I'm like well, that's just garbage. Like that's. That's just another government form of government mm. is religion to me, and I know you're and like I know there are good people out there doing good things like for Christianity and like trying and reaching out, but fuck oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Well, look at these notes. Yeah. What you got, Chris? Well, I mean, I was just trying to think of analogs because you're talking about how Christianity. Or I, I guess the Bible is uh, hard to access, but it, the same is true about like philosophical classics. Like, but there's so much about modern narratives and storytellings and ways that we look at the world that are influenced on these weird Greek gods yeah. and stories surrounding them. So I think there is a value in having people look towards these really old stories that have huge influences on. Western, or not just Western culture, but I guess worldwide culture, and saying, hey, let's study this. Let's talk about these narratives in a group setting. Mm -hmm. Even though we can all acknowledge we're going to all have a really hard time figuring out exactly what it meant when it was said, or what it meant 500 years after that, or a thousand, or now, nowadays. I think there's um, a a difference, Having these collective narratives 
in discussing them sometimes allows us to come to new conclusions or revolve back around to older conclusions that were valid while also acknowledging the really shitty conclusions that have been made in the past or currently. I don't know. Kind of rambling. It's yeah. kind of, I think, yeah, acknowledging that it's a myth and then taking it for that and not taking it for, oh, there's an angry man in the sky that's going to thunderbolt me down because I don't happen to line up with this fucking 2,000-year-old textbook is maybe, there's some value in saying, okay, well, what can we learn from this? I don't know if that even aligns. The Santa Claus of the sky, finding out who's naughty or nice. Okay. See, that's yeah, I, what it is. Well, Santa Claus, like, he used to have an eight-legged horse. Oh, he used to have an eight-legged horse. That's where the eight reindeer come from. Hmm. Uh, because a lot, of, a lot of Santa's myths come from, from old North mythology. But, like, why doesn't he believe in that anymore? You know? We're saying like, this. Yeah, if he if someone came to this house and were yeah, like, um, you right, right, worship yeah. Thor and in this money. house, like people would be like, I'm down for that. You're, yeah. <laughs> right? They'd be like, you're mentally ill. Like, what's wrong with you? But you know, if this set, like the little things you see they sell at Michael's, like this house praises the Lord or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like all that stuff is so here. I am, weird. God. I'm being good now. Yeah, like that, that look stuff at is, it, like, the sign isn't for permeated. You. But if you do. If you switch it around to something like you were talking about Norse mytho- mythology, and it's like this house praises Thor, like people will come in and be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, you can do as many shitty things in life, but as long as you forgive, you'll be to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You can murder somebody. even on your it doesn't matter. Man. But if you're gay, if you're then... if you're quick. No. Right before you, can you die, be the, you can party. be the saint of queers. Yeah. But as long as you're queer, you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the most That's probably really abusive part of my past was constantly having to hear from my parents that I I was one sin away from going to hell. Mm. Like, do you know how scary it is for like a six year old child to be told they're going to hell if they don't get saved? I prayed every night that like Jesus would forgive me of my sins and that I would go to heaven because I was so scared that I was going to be sent to hell. Because I asked my mom, like, do kids get sent to hell? And she was like, if they know better, if they know a difference from right and wrong, yep. He who knows to do good and does not do it. And then I would also ask, like, what about the kid in the middle of Africa in the yeah. jungle who doesn't have access to the Bible? And she was like, that's why it's your responsibility well, to go out there and preach. And take the. What well, isn't the the? She's the one that also thinks that's why black people are cursed because of Cain and Abel, Cain, that sort of thing. Oh, that belief yeah. is and awful. That, that's why black people are destined to hell. I so like yeah. Like, oh, man. No, I my parents looks like had, he's in an Excedrin migraine. What was going through my head is Excedrin. The, the Christianity that you were fed was not Christianity. It's fucked up. Yeah, but a lot of people were fed that. That's yeah, yeah, and I agree. That's the fucking problem. And and I validate that, but it just it pains me what you're saying. I validate what you're saying, and I agree, but it just hurts because, like, I was fed a lot of shit, but I didn't have to go what you went through. And to hear that or going through that pains me, but in my heart of hearts, is I was like, you were fed a shitty Jesus, and and and. that's literally in my heart that's what it is it's like you were fed a shitty Jesus and I get emotional when people get fed a shitty Jesus because I don't feel like Jesus was what you were fed 
I feel like Jesus was for the oppressed, was for the poor, was for the people. Like every when I read the scripture, I'm like, this Jesus was not the Jesus that Christians quote unquote worship. Yeah. And like if you like if you talk to Josh or Andrew or anybody, I don't even like to call myself a Christian. I call myself a mystical agnostic because I'm like I find Jesus more in nature, in in the beauty of life, in community, and I find and I say agnostic because. God is unknowable. Like, we can't put, like, once you say this is what God is, God is above that. And, 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 and so, like, I'm not mad when someone's like, I don't like Christianity or man. That's every, everyone's on their own path to whatever they believe in. But I just get sad as someone wanting to be in ministry and called to ministry when someone is fed a shitty version of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel like, I feel Jesus is with even if someone doesn't believe in God, I feel like Jesus is still with you being like, I'm sorry you were fed that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that people treat you like that. People don't validate you who you are because the epitome, in my opinion, of who Jesus was was to be with the people who were not accepted. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I come from. So I don't care. Like, whatever anybody says is fine. It's just as someone being in ministry, someone who was raised really conservative and evangelical to so someone who's more liberal is saying... Like, there are us out there as Christians who want to help people who've been like that, but it, I just validate what you're going through and say, I'm sorry that you were fed that shit. That's, that's really nice. Um, so, I agree with what you said, I think. Um, <laughs> however, to play devil's advocate, I wanted to bring Uh-oh. up QAnon. That's my favorite. Have you guys yeah, heard of QAnon it. at all? What was that? A QAnon? Are you just saying Q? QAnon. Like anonymous? Element of QAnon. The gospel. The gospel of Q? No, now it's different. No. So there's a group of Trump supporters that follow a figure called QAnon. I just heard this on a podcast. (laughs) Trying to take the anonymous movement. Are you guys familiar with it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trying to take in that mentality. But they're... It's new. Yeah, they're claiming that there's this like, new person in Q, but they're kind of doing this thing with Trump that I'm getting a sense there's a theme going on here about Jesus. So they're saying, you guys are all believing in the wrong Trump. Like, Trump's not a bad guy. He's actually trying to defeat a bunch of pedophiles and the Democrats, and that the Mueller investigation's actually going after Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, and... Your whole narrative of who Trump is, what he's doing, it's all completely upside down. And I don't believe this at all, but I'm just saying that sort of what you were saying in the last response, and um, I guess you were saying this, uh, I should, you were saying this like way earlier, is that you don't like when Christians say, uh, yeah, but you're just understanding Jesus wrong. You say that's a cop out of some sort. Like, like when they no, when they were when they're like, you know, oh, well, they're not not a real Christian. They're not a like, yeah, so like, yeah, um, you know, like they're the ones that I think it's a cop. Yeah, yeah, I think it is to you know be like, well, not what you were saying, but it seems very similar. But the thing is, is that. Like the same. There, I think there is differences within if somebody's going to talk the talk, like they're, they're not a real Christian. Or are they going to be confronting those people with those mm. hateful beliefs? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, are I, they going? What to are be, you doing? About what are you doing? Are you just saying that, hashtag not all Christians? 
Yeah. I think what you're working towards like, something. I think like, the way it should go, and this is the last thing I'll say. Clergy showed up to Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I think that people like Brian are doing the right thing. Kind of getting back to what we were talking about earlier is like cult versus culture. Are you immersing yourselves in ideas that you usually wouldn't be, or are you staying within some sort of bubble? I would say like someone that's claiming to be a pastor or going to be a pastor should be immersing themselves in everything outside of the Christian bubble. And that's not what most people that are claiming, like, oh, well, that's not my kind of Christianity or that's not the Jesus I believe in. Like, they're usually not um, saying that because they're immersing, immersing themselves in stuff, like, outside of the bubble. They're just saying that to make it so they don't even have to mentally... They don't. They don't. The concept, they don't. They coming up. I think a lot of times that's to just derail and invalidate the conversation that's happening right then and yes. there. Yeah. To be to shut it down. Mm. To be. That's, and that's the problem I have. Like, if you can't learn how to take accountability for what you, if the religion you follow has literally torn native babies away from their mother and put them into homes because they don't want the actual mother to raise them indigenous. So they, yep, so they don't speak the language and they get disliked. Like, what are you doing to help fix the problems that Christianity has literally settled into the bones of this country? Like, we, like, literally said it's okay to have slaves. We literally said it is okay to commit genocide and to continue to commit genocide because genocide's still happening to like mm-hmm. native people, mm-hmm. and I don't see Christians anywhere doing anything about it. Like yeah. that is something that we they're not talking about the lives that are dying, except yeah, like, for the ones that aren't born. To me, Christians like, and Catholics should be working really, really hard to fix the systematic oppression that they are a part of, mm-hmm. which yeah. I don't see happening. Wow. I just see them getting more rich and more powerful. And the only people that are doing stuff... Have you ever heard of the Center for Prophetic Imagination? No. They're in Minneapolis, actually. They're co-founded by a cisgendered white male and a transgendered uh, guy. They're women. Women. Zed. Zed. Um, And that's like, they're doing meaningful work on that front, but no one gives a shit. Like, they don't get funding from anybody. They have to scrape by, like, I think Mark Mark made, like, $31,000 last year. You know, like... With all his donations and stuff, and like he's he's the one who married me and Angela, who performed our ceremony. Um, so he did the Zombie Jesus eulogy, which was pretty pretty rad. <laughs> but like he's doing really meaningful work, but no one cares. No one wants to touch it because they're like, this is too everyone's new. too scared to be associated with it because then people will start questioning their Christian brand. Like, let's say some big church was like, okay, yeah, I want to get behind Mark, and they'd be like, um, why are you supporting a trans person? Mm-hmm. Like and they don't want that reflected back on their church, so they're scared. Even if they think Mark is doing a good thing, they're like, "I have to, re- I have to." Um, what am I trying to think? Protect my church's reputation. Protect, protect your nothing for some. Super protect reason, my you know? brand. Protect yeah. my my church's yeah reputation. So, which is so which called is, integrity. Yeah. So called integrity. Which is yes. called causing you to. Have any I wanted to say with with the Q non thing. Yeah. I just wanted to add that sounds like completely <laughs> the extreme right wing, fear based spiraling down echo chamber we were talking about earlier. Because yeah. you talked about the pedophiles, which basically that's 
kind of code word for those trans people. Ah, yeah. I, didn't so know that I just wanted it, you know, because because they don't actually care when when yeah. actual people, when actual pedophiles. Oh, you are you are fucking great at language. You're really good at putting sentences together. <laughs> I'm just like you know you no, but for, can I be like you really? <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Really, I actually feel I'm not good at that. So no, I'm being so genuine. Like that fucking sentence was. Um, can I, I'm being honest. Thank you. Here, you can hold my. Hand. Uh, <laughs> see, that was, you saw your. That was, that was a moment. See, that was a moment. One thing too that I I luxury of being an atheist, like the only luxury of being an atheist, is you can talk about Jesus with people, and people will let you. Because they're like, this guy doesn't give a shit, he's an atheist. <laughs> so, like, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. They're like, sweet, he studied it for like 18 years. Maybe he actually has something interesting to say. Yeah. But like not being a believer, I still find, because I spent so much time studying the Bible, I still find it deeply meaningful. But I mean, like you said, not all of it. Yeah. Like most scholars agree that there are three different Pauls in the Pauline letters. The first Paul is the only one that's any interesting at all. It's the radical Paul, the one that agrees with Jesus, the one that wants to basically break the system and put a, a, a spoke in the wheel, as Bonhoeffer said. Like, that Paul is actually like, this Jesus kind of wants to break all this shit up and, like, start over. Mm-hmm. And then there's the second Paul who's like, well, but we should still do this. And there's a third Paul who's like, and eh, women shouldn't teach men, and slaves be good to your masters. And they're three distinct different writings. So most scholars agree those are three different people. They're all called Paul. But if you're conservative, you're like, it's all the same person. Mm-hmm. But then as he's schizophrenic, why does he have completely yeah. different ideas? You know, because, like, the letter to Philemon is a great letter. I mean, it's so sassy. He's like, you know, uh, Philemon, <laughs> Philemon's so, a slave. So sassy. Well, uh, it now he's become a Christian. He's your brother now. He's writing it to his <laughs> master. Like, so you're, uh, you're no longer uh, his master. You're now his brother. And he's like, and you will know this because I will come to see you afterwards. Like, oh, you know, wow. So it's, it's Paul saying... You know, this guy who was your slave, now your brother, so you better fucking deal with it now. And that it's just a short book, and, but it's super sassy, Paul, and that's widely seen to be the first Paul. You know, the, fir- the first Paul who was like, no, we're breaking down these distinctions, so what distinctions you had in the world don't exist anymore. you got to break that shit down and do something new. And that's that's like an interesting Paul. That's a Paul that's like, this guy's kind of, I don't know, he's got a little pep in his step. Paul was kind of badass, I have to say But that. then they watered it down and watered it down even more. You know, so they took Paul and went, did he mean to say that? Did he really? Just like, kidding. Because it was inconvenient for them. So they switched the narrative and made it fit so they could make it more, you know. Basically, well, don't you think all religion does that regardless of religion? I wouldn't say Buddhism does that. Well, I mean, I can't speak for all religion, but like with Christianity, everyone cherry picks everything. Like liberals, conservatives. Yeah, of course. You're I mean, at, you can't all, swallow that. We, we, all, we all cherry pick. Like I cherry pick on things. Like I'm a universalist. I don't believe in hell because a lot of these things that were problematic to me, I'm like, fuck that. Like I don't believe in hell. And one of the main things, like I tell my, 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 my brother and my mom, I said, I have a kid and you're telling me that my love if that God my, is a parent. And that, that, that if I if my daughter does something so bad and so heinous, I'm going to reject her for my, the rest of my life. Yeah. And I said, there's nothing that my Doesn't daughter... Just there's nothing that my yeah. daughter will do that will separate me from my love from her. There's just nothing. Like, if she murders someone and she goes to jail, that's her punishment, but I'm not going to stop loving her. Yeah. Uh, that's what a parent should do. But yet you're saying, if I reject God in this form of or version of God... If I reject it, then I'm going to go to hell. And so, like, I look at my family, and I'm like, so I don't believe in hell. And so then, like, well, then you don't believe in Jesus. So I think even within religion, 
there's just nuances and, and, and differences where, where what it is. And so I think in our religion, we cherry pick of things we like and we don't like about it. Like, I know I do, even as more of a progressive liberal Christian. Like, I like this, I don't like this. This makes me comfortable, this makes me uncomfortable. There's a difference, I think. Is your cherry picking punching up or is your cherry picking punching Ooh. down? Yeah, no, like, agree. Agree. punching up. So, like, um, you know, when people are like, oh, you can't fight violence with violence. What they're really telling oppressed people is to shh, yeah. sit down and be quiet. But there's a difference when someone's oppressed and they punch up to... Like an uppercut. Yeah, like, you're punching up, like, you're trying to free yourself versus mm. someone yeah. who's in a place of power punching down. Okay. Yeah, it's oh, like in, like in comedy. Like, is your joke a punching punch up. up or punching yeah. down? Because yeah. are you, you like? Punch up I to it. well, it's, it's like how done right nonviolent resistance is so effective, but it has to be seen. I think even I mean? violent resistance yeah, is effective. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm queer. Like Stonewall riots was fucking violence. Let's be honest. Like they were throwing bricks at police. Mm. God bless them. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for that violence, you know, that's why I'm like, I don't not getting bothered by people being on the highway protesting or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, the inconvenience that people get for that little bit of time is definitely not the inconvenience that happens when police are killing people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, friends of mine who are uh, a married, uh, married male couple, um, during the Pride Parade, they were not happy about Black Lives Matter protesting. There's a lot of queens who weren't happy. Yeah, and, and I was kind of like, I, I get it. Like they just think they no one's listening to them. They have to do something. So this is the biggest thing that's going on in Twin Cities right now. That's why they're protesting. I don't think they meant it means spiritually. Mm. But I think if you take even if you took conservatives and Black Lives Matter people to and just put them in a room and actually let them talk to each other and figure some shit out, they probably both mostly want mm. the same things. Yeah. They want safety. They want security. They want. Uh, when the police come, they don't want to be harassed. They want to be treated fairly. They want their kids to have good schools. Like, most people want the same thing. We're not that fucking different. You know, most people really do want the same thing. It's just we never get a point where we can talk about it because we're so busy screaming at each other without listening. You know, like you were talking about earlier. Like, when you don't listen, you don't have the ability to change or the ability to have compassion. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, like, what's the point of being fucking alive? And if you're not listening to what, like, if you're not willing to listen to someone who's more, everyone wants to be the most marginalized person, mm-hmm. but not have the disadvantages that go along with it. Like, we want to be like, poor me, I'm suffering, yeah. I have the worst oh. life, blah, blah, blah. We all, we all go through that yeah. where we have our woe is me moment yeah. without, you know, and then someone comes along and you see like, oh my God, they're more, like, I recognize that a, a black trans woman is way more marginalized than I will ever be and I have to be okay like I have to sit with like yeah even though I was abused even though I am queer even though um, I have a lot of health problems there's still someone more marginalized I still have to listen even though I'm hurting and I'm angry and I have my needs that I need mm-hmm. I still have to be willing to like open up and recognize there's someone out there who needs more help mm-hmm. than me so what can I do to support them wow. Would that be a proper use of the term ally, then? Is that is that being an ally is acknowledging that even though you may be low, there's somebody lower than you and trying to come help them stand up again? I think being Finding- an ally is is recognizing your privileges and then doing what you can to break down that system that allows you those privileges. Mm. So, like, um, if you're a straight cis person... Um, 
feel like I need to explain, like, do people know what the word cis? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> at my job, I sometimes say these no, words. No, sure, sure, sure. Like, Of course. Yeah. Um, I actually had someone use it at a speech day at the Salvation Army. And explain, mm. it, explain it to all of my coworkers. Josh, nice. now I have to bleep that out, bro. Please do that. You motherfucker. Sorry. Write a note. Timestamp. Timestamp. Stupid shit. Sorry. Yeah, because I'll get fired. I'll get fired if I'm probably. You just said the name of the place you oh, work for. Oh, the ally. I was like, what was it talking? No, about? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's that, was fine. My, that was my fault. No, Wait, you're I'm fine. I'm gonna jump back in. Should you re-say what you just said so there's continuity? No, I'll just bleep it. Don't worry about it. Just oh, bleep. Please keep. Please keep. I'm yeah, so sorry, Gina. No. Um. Uh, oh yeah, if you're a straight cis person, like you have to recognize your privileges as a straight cis person, and then look at, listen to your community, see what they need, and then figure out how can I help. Um, not just, it's not just helping your community; it's helping um, liberate your community. Because all in all, we need to be liberated from the things that oppress us. Like we can set up the band aids, like oh hey, we'll give you gay rights but we're really just going to ignore all the other issues like it's just a band-aid or like, give, give you some rights and take others away right like, like religious freedom laws that yeah. basically just say well give you, I can discriminate because I'm religious even if they don't you know, even if they're not religious you know it just gives another person a broad brush to discriminate it's frustrating queer liberation <laughs> um, we were talking about privilege today at one of the seminars I was at and one that I came up with was right handed it's strange, but it's a privilege that most people don't think mm-hmm. about. It's true, sorry. That's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Very like, true. Guitar. I think it's almost, yeah. almost... you got to pay a lot more money for the products created oh, yeah. for right-handed people. I'm a lefty, so screw you. Sinistro, that's the Latin word for... Now you're a minority, Brian. Where the words say... No, most of the people in the world are right-handed. <laughs> I couldn't tie my shoe until I was six, because my parents were right-handed. Oh. <laughs> they should have just shown you in a mirror. Oh, I know my neighbor told me how to time a shoe the first because she was a left hander. No, I kid you not. <laughs> a left hander. She was a lefty. Is that she, the acceptable term? No, she, she was, was a, a left hander. She was a left hander, and I learned how to time a shoe exactly like that. It's weird. So that being said, that radical uh, left over there. That, that lefty. That's why I'm a lefty. Oh, but but that being God. said, like there's so many privileges we have that we don't even think about, and that's what we were talking earlier about. You right-handed people. Uh, part of our culture that doesn't want to talk about it. it's because people even though they have privilege that's invisible um, even though people have privilege that's invisible um, sorry Josh we're still laughing about this whole fucking lefty bullshit but privilege that's invisible they don't want to talk about it because it comes with guilt and people yeah. don't want to deal with shame and guilt and so, like, listen I'm really good at dealing with shame and guilt because I had a whole life of it I just live in it. Acknowledging that this this home that I own is on indigenous land that was stolen. Mm -hmm. It was taken away from someone else. By force. By genocide. Yeah. By hanging. Yeah. You know? um, Smallpox. Yeah. I mean, just thinking every day about how we move around in our lives and stuff, about how there's some people who can't get around easily. Nobody Mm. whose wheelchair, how they get in this house. Yeah. Like, you know, like, how do they get to like the place where I, I perform at you know how do they get to the bathroom because there's only stairs to get there you know so they can't attend so the, it's like it's you know, really unfortunate but the queer community in general is very inaccessible to, to disabled people and um, all of our bars are just these little holes in the walls that mm-hmm. were built in the 1940s generally like so they didn't have to be accessible we didn't have those walls then 
Those were on the books in 1990. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of our queer bars are just not accessible to people with disabilities. I mean, we have a couple that there's, you know, there's one that is accessible if you're an audience member, but if you're a performer, there's no way you can get on stage if you have a disability. Like, it's, or certain disabilities, but it's just uh, interesting in general. Um, And I think, too, a lot in Christian culture, I think we... We we pity. Um, mm. It's it's I. It's very pitying attitude towards people with disabilities mm. and a very like mm. exploitative too. Exploitative and almost like right a fetishization of it. Like look look at what you've been through and what God has blessed you with. You know, like there's there's a lot of that that happens. I see that. I work with people who have disabilities. I work at a call center That's for people who call in. Business. So That's a trailer. I hear about this kind of stuff every day. And I guess I hadn't really thought about that. I don't know. Every time there's an article online about somebody with like disability rights or, you know, or somebody who's having issues with accessibility, I always read it and I'm like, yep, that's what my consumers go through every single yeah. day. And it makes me think, oh, oh that's not accessible. I didn't even think about that. Something that I take for granted. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of times those articles will glorify, look at this person helping this person who's disabled. Oh, you mean like those YouTube things? Where yeah. It, oh, oh this, look this. at somebody asked somebody with Down syndrome to the prom. Oh. Or, or, things like or that, somebody or whatever. You know, it's just like... The one that so, I just saw recently was an article where it was like, this person helped this woman with a cane up the stairs... And then the article brought up, but is everyone's praising this person, but is anyone actually taking a moment to think why that problem exists in the the first place? place. Yeah, exactly. Is anyone going back to fix it so that place is more accessible? No, we just glorify the person that helped. Be like, oh, look at you. You got help from someone. That's all you needed. Yeah. But they 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 get to deal with that thing every day. Yeah. Is someone, like, someone going to be back there the next day to help them to get up those stairs? Yeah. You, the organization I work for are on the holidays is their busy time because we do like Thanksgiving meals and Christmas meals and you know come as you can and those meals we try to serve to people and that's when we get the biggest people like 3M comes down every Thanksgiving but they never come back the whole rest of the year and they have like they have their own corporate photographer out there taking pictures <laughs> and oh, all, no. all, all the these corporate photographer all these PR shit you know, shots and they're you know, getting getting like for their Christmas card to put out like look at all the good we did. And like the first year I did it, I didn't really know what to do. Your token poor person. I I actually started uh, my job. I started two days before Thanksgiving, so it was like I had to hit the ground running, and it was just like okay. And then the next year we had 3M coming again, and I was like, it'd be really nice if you guys actually came back. Like we're this busy all the time. Did you say that? No, I said that. They're kind of like the presidential, where they go in the soup kitchen and like take their photo off picture and then leave right after it. Well, I've contacted several local celebrities uh, just to see if they want to come down and help out and even, even do photo ops just so they can... Because some of them are front, like, live in the neighborhood or close. And it's like, why don't you just come out and see, like, the people that are in your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Like, that's one thing that I have, like, I have a great privilege to do is to actually help my community. Like, my, my work is six blocks in here. So, like, I have clients that I serve at my job that live right behind us, you know, that I know. And it's it's 
a really interesting thing because a lot of other people in our organization don't live in there in the neighborhoods they serve. So they live in Woodbury, or, you know, but yeah, they work in St. Yeah. Paul, or they work in Minneapolis, but they live in Crystal. And so they're removing themselves from the situation. And we were talking with a bunch today, and there's only one other person in our organization that had ever had a client knock on their back door. One, one of our clients knocked on the back door and asked me for money. And I was like, do you know what I work for? Then you know I don't have the money. <laughs> you know? right. um, and they were like, okay. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> yeah. But, Can I share a story that happened at Bethel? Sure. I feel like this is appropriate to the conversation. Um, my senior year of nursing, I had not come out of the closet yet. Um, my senior year of nursing, I was um, in this, what was January's? That interim day term, um, it, we had to take like a cultural course, oh, and so I was in this like. I took that same class. Yes, I know what you're talking. About. Is it the well? This one was specifically geared for nursing. Oh, so that's so like a nursing thing. cultural. Oh. <laughs> Unless you're a nurse, I don't. No, know. no, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> so we had to do things outside of our culture, um, and. One of them was like, experience what it's like to be poor. And I literally had someone stand at the class and said, I went to the Goodwill and, <laughs> and, I, and I bought something. And what I was like, that's, fuck? that's not what it's like to be poor. That's and I go to the Goodwill all the time. I was like, that's the only place I'd buy clothes. I was like, that doesn't. That's where I got these pants and <laughs> this shirt. This means you're a hipster. And I laughed, and my teacher got mad at me. She was like, why are you laughing? There, there are literally poor people who need to shop at Goodwill. And I said, absolutely, but that does not immerse you in the culture of what it's like to be low income. That's just not like in the least. That's, that's normal. That's like. I'll go to Walmart. That's where poor people are, right? Like, that's just a freaking stereotype and, like, whatever. So then we went. Oh, this was the worst day ever. You're getting upset right now. We went. You were supposed to do this all in a day? No, this was a three-week course. Okay. So you're supposed to spend three weeks trying to be poor. Not trying to be poor. Just, like, just experience. Like, take a bus. Part of the assignment was. Yeah. Like, know what it's like to not have a car, which I didn't have a car anyway, so I was like, (laughs) like, regular. Like, I had $5 in my account. I'm technically poor. Um, I think they assumed everyone at Bethel had money. Because, like, there I was, like, in my frickin', I had the same outfit I wear almost every day because I didn't have any money to buy new clothes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all of you are real cool. Uh, mm. So so, we, <laughs> so there was this bus trip that we were going to take. And we were going to go to, it's, it was a pastor who leads these, um, these, like, tours of Minneapolis to show off all of the variety of oh, cultures no. we have. It's this grand bus. Like, it looks like something like a celebrity would be on. I probably know that pastor. I still have the information. I'll still have to send it. So we're all, we're all on this giant, high, classy-looking bus. Um, and it's most... I mean, it was generally a class of all white people. And the pastor was white. And so we're driving in South Minneapolis near um, Mid- Midtown. And the, oh, he was yeah. like pointing out, "That's a Muslim woman." <laughs> and if you that's, look to your left, yeah, yeah. no, that's exactly. On our left, we if got you look to your left, it's a Chicano. Yeah. On our left, like, you got us here in Islam. Yeah, like that Ola, literally was. Oh, we passed by Senior, houses. We have a like, Mexican restaurant. 
Sorry, sorry. We'd, we'd pass by houses and you'd be like, you can tell multiple immigrant families live in these houses because there are two dishes. And I was like, you know, like the satellite dishes? Yeah. I was like, so, oh. what? And then tackled this guy on the bus. There was a small group. We'll get there. I didn't tackle. I should have. And then um, there was a point where, like, he handed out a sheet of churches where he had labeled good churches and, like, bad churches. And all of the bad churches were anything that supported LGBT people. Um, One was a church for witches. And I was like, of course, you'd hate on that church. Um, And, like, all the good churches were like, these are churches I could never go to. Like, holy shit, they're terrible. And then um, we went to the Midtown Market. Or the gold Midtown Yeah, yeah. Midtown And then <laughs> Like To try some of the Ethnic food oh. And like Immerse ourselves In the culture Cause that's it's what we do Food It's food Right Like it's Food It's a very white trip <laughs> I know. It sounds really Did they say the phrase I'm sorry Did they say the, thra- the phrase Ethnic food They did That's why I said it I've been on trips Just like that It's like It's fucking food This is ethnic You guys It's a taco It's beans There's spice in it It's salted It's not boiled chicken (laughs) Boiled chicken It's not sauerkraut So at the end of this trip I'm Flustered To say the least like he has said so from many. Food that oh, from what he said. <laughs> oh, that was a bad joke. <laughs> he has said so many offensive things at this point, and yeah. like m- my soul is like dead. Because yeah. I had just got done learning about colonization and what we've done to other oh. countries. So like this was fresh on my mind that like oh my right. god the white supremacy is real. Yeah, ah. right. So I stand up and walk to the front of the bus. Mm. And he hands me the mic, and I just went to town. I was like, you have no right to be sitting up in this bus judging people that you don't even know anything about. Like, these churches that you label bad, they're doing more good than you ever know. And I freaking came out of the closet right then and there. Yeah, I was like, I mean, can we actually? Like, can we do that? Just for like four more seconds. Three. Very clammy two, hands. I don't know. I feel. Uh, <laughs> so you're honest, and I appreciate that. That was awesome. Though. You're like, I just came out right there. That was <laughs> amazing. I said, you'll never, you never know who's listening to do what I, you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm gay, and like the bus went like. <gasps> Like what? all my classmates just suddenly knew, and and then I, I just kind of tore them a new one. Beautiful. And half the bus cheered, and the other half was like, <gasps> What do I think? Yeah. What do I. You made me think. And people, I don't know why people. He ignored everything I said. Well, He's like, I didn't do anything wrong. wrong. I'm really self-conscious about being Was his initials MMR? <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to look at my. I kept the paperwork because I had planned. To like just write him like a, I just never did it. I don't know if he's still I worked, I worked at said school for like seven years, and I felt like so I was an alien there because like the, the pay was okay. I went to school there. It was more accepting than the denomination that I grew up in. Yeah. But the denomination I'm in now, like when I worked, that's another reason why I left because I was like, mm, you know, some of the conversations I had with my coworkers, I'm like, nah, I can't really just in good conscience be there. So, but. I knew a lot of the staff and faculty, yeah. so some of those people, I'm like, hmm, I wonder 
I wonder if they're the same people you're talking about, but I remember it's when been a hot minute. when Bethel. Um, I can't remember the teacher's name, but she talked about white privilege oh, in yes. her class. They, and they, people got really mad about that. People were so up. And she had a group specifically just for people of color to, like, mi- yeah. meet. Yep. Yeah. And yep. they were livid, and people thought it was racist. Like, white people thought it was racist. Well, of course they did. This is a lot. <laughs> and, like, they were, like, white privilege. I And this was the point in my life where I didn't know about white privilege. And I was, like, I grew up poor. I grew up in a cult. Like, I don't have white privilege. Like, I didn't connect the dots. Right, yeah. Um, but I remember white privilege. We talked about actually. We talked about that last week. Let's not. No, let's no, let no, her no, talk. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> most people, I, most white people, I feel like deny white privilege. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. Oh, Bethel. I I ran the GSA for a little bit at Bethel, the Gay Straight Alliance on campus. Oh, was that when all of that stuff was happening with the professors and like? Where they were putting stuff on their door saying that I'm a safe, safe place. Person, yeah. person. That was all happening what, like in like 2000. That was 10, 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. 2009, somewhere in there. So I I graduated 2009 and I had it okay. started the sort of groundwork for the yeah. safe place campaign. Yeah. And then the next person like took it over when okay. I graduated. Sure. Um. Because I remember when that was happening. And we it was did like, like a really big deal. We had we used to so they wouldn't put us they wouldn't let us put up signs. Saying that mm. we were a group because they they were like we have to be recognized in order to put signage up that you're a group. Recognized and we're like, by okay, the college, yeah, okay. by like the student council. Did you try to? You we know? did several times, and they they told like us we that. couldn't. Gotcha. Many reasons, but I'm guessing it's because we're gay. Political, because <laughs> it's a conservative school. Yeah. So they yeah. But um, so there was a a week where we wore the signs around our neck. Oh, that's because bad. You're a badass. You're a badass. I have to give a lot of credit to like my team no, there. Don't even, like, hey, just just please just say I'm gonna say it again and then you just say thank you. You're a badass. Thank you. See? Okay, that's better. That's better. Don't even don't even try to push like you're a badass. Are you serious? This is why I married them. Yeah. I I love you both. Do you guys know that? <laughs> I hope this is going in the podcast. Yeah, like the best. It's all recorded. Caleb doesn't really edit a lot. Oh, good. I'm saying because what you're say- what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eq. I put a lot of time into making it sound good. Yes. But yeah, I don't. I don't take out a lot. Of things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm sorry. I just derailed you. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. But you're fine. Okay, so you are wearing the signs. We wore the signs around our neck, and um, obviously, like. The Clarion like found out about it, so they did an article yeah, on us. Yeah, I remember us. reading that article. Um, and I remember being like, "Whoa, that's a big deal." Is nobody knew we existed. Yeah, like, people were like, yeah, oh, like paper, there's yeah. gay people on the campus. Like, what?" I got asked to not write for the Clarion anymore. I will say one year when I was working there, I think it was 2012 or 13. They actually had the Gay Straight Alliance put on like in the underground. Because that was just built, I think, in 08. And since I had worked there in we'll the facilities... Put in the huh? Yeah. I would put them in the underground. Jeez. Well, underground was a, a meeting area for students. Yeah, that guy. Just to say what it, what it was. I didn't know what it was. And the, the, the person, like, we had these setup sheets, so and it said, like, 100, 150 people. Okay, the underground can hold, like, 300 people max, just standing room only. And I'm just saying that from a facilities perspective. So, of course, we set that up. And I was like, I told my boss, I'm like, I want to go here to support. I want to know 
who the speakers are, and it was four or two people who were current students who identified as GLBTQ, and two people who had graduated who came out while they were at Bethel. And so they thought, like, okay, you know, we're probably not going to have that much, that much of a turnout. There was a 450 people showed up. I mean, there was people outside. They had to set up TVs and all that stuff. And I was, to me, for Bethel, for that to happen, it was a big step. It was that was a huge step. And I'm not condoning. Like, I don't like their views because their views are still anti GLBTQ, but predominantly the students who were there because I was there at that point I can say most there was of course there was a few people who were like I don't understand I don't get it but the majority of the people were like thank you for coming out and saying what you're saying thank you for there was a transgender student who was like you don't know how tough it is to be transgendered at this school because Mm -hmm. this is who God made me to be Mm -hmm. and you know went from a man to a female and I went up to her afterwards, and I'm like, I am so sorry for how, you know, she was like, I don't have a parents anymore in a family. And I said, I know this doesn't help at all. But as someone who works here at the school, I don't think that we're all the same. And I don't know if I use the word ally or not, but I'm like, thank you for being open and telling your story because people needed to hear it. But I would say overwhelmingly, there's still a lot of the, 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 the ignorance and bigotry but I do think there, when they have those set events, that the at least at Bethel they're a lot more open compared to like where I went to college. Yeah. I went to North Central. Good Lord, when we had Soul Force that came there, if you know what Soul Force oh, is, oh yeah, That's... I mean they they locked down the school. Yeah. They did all that stuff. So we at least invited Soul Force on campus, but, right? But people right. were too afraid. I was too afraid to go up. Because I wasn't out of the closet then, and I didn't even know what it was, what I was. And I was, like, even just too nervous to even approach their table to talk to them. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I wish they would have done that while I was there. Something like, you know what they did for, like, us? Because we were asking for, like, can we have some more, like, speakers about LGBT issues come to the school? And they literally hired someone to come speak who was about conversion therapy and he was like I'm no longer gay I've been freed and like that like sitting there for an hour I think I saw that where I went to college I had a a guy that said the same thing I was gay and I was healed by conversion therapy I was like this is not what I asked for (laughs) but I they asked me to step down because we kept trying like we want to be a recognized group we want to be a recognized group and they were like well we don't really like the name Gay Straight Alliance it feels like um, it sort of you're pushing something is too political, and then they were like, "We think a straight pe- person should run the group." Oh my god! They didn't want me to be president anymore because I was fucking gay, and I was so like, stupid. "Um, like my vice president was like, then we're not going to be a group because I'm not asking her to step down." Right. Because As that's you not shouldn't right. have had to step down. And then they had they ended up changing the year after I graduated that they changed it to straight gay reconcilers to make, try to make them happy. Exactly. Should just put straight in front of it. Yeah, and it makes I, it think they, I think they. I'm, yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think they switched it back. Good. Good. I do, I do think they switched I, it back. I was not happy because I left working there. I worked there from 2010 to 2000. Well, fall of last year, but that was a, I've been on that campus from 2006 as a seminary student. But I do think 
and I can't speak for everyone, but I do think a lot of the professors were like, this shit is outdated. You know, there's men and women here who are gay, who are queer, who are trans and deal with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually know a person who, when she was working for me, she was a female, and now she's a male and transgendered. And one of the reasons she, now he left, went from Elise to... say bro. Well, no, she went from Elise to Eli, and I I call him Eli, but one of the reasons he left is because he came out. And Bethel couldn't accept that, but yet a lot of people at Bethel now who know him have do accepted mm-hmm. that. So it's it is it's sad that they can't be on that same page with him, and he's went to a different school. But I I hope my hope is places like Bethel or other places can be open to that. Can I bring up like a little education point? Go for it. Um, yes. Trans people don't like to be dead named. Most trans people do not like people to say their name They're used old, to be yeah, this. Right. So just a tidbit. That was a loving thing. To, that was a nice way to put that. Those were nice. Just trying to get out. And, and that's a general rule. It doesn't mean for sure that this specific person doesn't like that. But it's in general. In general. Yes. It's just... Polite. I don't. It's just polite to not say like if they used to be this name. Sure. Yeah. 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 No. It's yeah. True. It's true. Yeah. Like just say, you could just say like they were they are they are a transgender man. Like you don't even need to say like they went from female to male. You okay. could just say yeah. they are a transgender because they never were female. Like they'll probably they probably feel that themselves. They were never a female. They were someone who was assigned female at birth. You'll see it like uh, what is it? A AFAB is. Oh, yeah, for assigned female at birth. Oh, I've never heard that. Um, oh. Because the, the, we don't like... Yeah, no, no, it's, yeah, it's good to educate myself. Yeah. Even. And he's not being malicious. He's oh, like, I know. No, 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 I totally yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the terminology, yeah, 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 it changes sure. and evolves. That's really good to know, Absolutely. honestly. And can I, also, can I just... I know I just walked back in, but, like, I feel like I was being a little bit mean to Brian earlier, and I'm sorry about that. And I just want to say, sometimes I... I also preach sermon. I don't know if you call me a preacher or what, I don't even know what, but, but like this Sunday I'm preaching a sermon and like just kind of addressing what you were saying earlier, China is like about 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 Christians trying to like make a change. I don't even know if I would qualify as a Christian. I don't think it matters if there's a God or not. I really don't think that matters, mm-hmm. honestly. But I'm trying to get on the inside and help people if they want to get out, help them out, and if they want to stay in, help them realize why they want. To stay in, and so Peter Rollins, you're like a Christian ally. Uh, <laughs> uh, a little I don't like that accept one. Accept it. Accept it. That is hilarious. Uh, that was a good joke, but it kind of offended me. <laughs> that was a good joke. I'm an ally of the Christian community. Of the Christian community in general, the first kid minority. But like, I just think it's I just think it's important. Okay, this is a lot. Of, we're not oh. being serious anymore. No, I think that it, there was a natural tension earlier because you both are preaching this Sunday yeah. at different churches, mm-hmm. so there's just a natural... Oh, is like, that what it is? Yeah, there's a rivalry going on. <gasps> it's a like, rivalry. I don't think there's a rivalry. It's okay. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, they're it's both fine. preaching this Sunday right. morning at different Fight churches. Fight all this with the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, <laughs> let me say this. Also, I, just last thing, 
Fuck the Bible. Really? That's no. all. That's well, all I, I think the Bible says who. I think it's, got upset. She no, upset. I didn't get upset. I was just like, I, was just like I don't know why it went there. I know. I was Tina, like, do you remember Ben going? Phelps? From I was school? trying to one up. I think yeah, he was year, year, one year older. Really so he's a ginger Bible study major, but he came on the podcast. We were talking about hell, and he was like, fuck hell. And we're all like, hashtag fuck hell. It was perfect. Actually, Kevin, I think that, like, most of us I here were like, yeah, we agree, but we don't really believe in hell, so fuck it. I said fuck hell, you idiot. Use the hashtag, right? We, we have You're a... Right. Oh, oh, my God. I was just about to say our, our number that we, we have. So how I've dealt with a lot of my religious traumas by burlesque, like performing mm. on yeah. stage. Yeah. Yeah. I would really love to hear more about yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I always wanted to be a dancer, but my parents were like, yeah. dancing is a sin, you know. Oh, dancing is evil. Well, then again, well, they if think you're I'm, I'm pretty much Satan. They think you're it. They think because I'm the yoga instructor. If you shake your head, you're going to hell. Jesus. Right? No, there was... Actually, I went... I did a mission trip to Ivory Coast. Surprise! <laughs> Had to go Shocker. save the Africans. Um, <laughs> which is literally how I learned about colonization. And wow. I just remember being over there Jesus being like, Christ, I'm an woman. idiot! Oh my god! Like, Do you remember you brought me back an elephant with little tusks? I still have those. Because uh, when... Yep, no. You are <laughs> such a strong person. I still have the bowl that you got me. She went to... Africa. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. You just. Deri- All right. I'm gonna shut up for the rest. No, I you don't know what Africa point was. From. I'm just gonna shut up. I don't know your point. I'm just gonna shut up. <laughs> you should talk. About I'm three years, the, years the, deep. Per, I'm gonna shut up. Burlesque and the. Yeah. yeah. Talk about that, please. I'm sorry. That was there was, my fault. A, that was, my there was fault. a reason why. Well, well, you said you were in Africa. That's when you realized about colonization. Oh, colonization. Yes, the West helped you get out of so I Yeah, so when I was in Ivory Coast, I um, would spend the nights in the mirror dancing. Because mm-hmm. I was like nobody... I was uh, by myself in a room. Yeah. And um, it was like this like super freeing moment to like like shake my hips and like learn yeah. how to like dance and stuff. And... Yeah. Um, it wasn't until so many years later uh, I started go-go dancing at, like, this queer night um, and then eventually met Juji at, um, when I was being a shot girl at a bar. We were, we were uh, helping out a person in the community who had a very big accident that almost died from it, and we were giving like all medical money. expenses mm-hmm. to help them back. Oh, and so they sold shots, and it was at my show, which I produce, which is all a bunch of drag kings. Uh-huh. So, and um, what happened from there is, you know, I got to go see her dance, and I got mm. to see all the outfits she made just with that, and I'm like, wow, like. You're putting more effort than people who are in my own show. So I'm like, I want to see what you can do on stage. So I started uh, getting them in, like, little group numbers here and there. And, like, months later, they they did burlesque and won, won a contest doing it. So That's it was, a great meet-cute. I love that. Yeah, like, I, you know, they've grown so far to where they're, like, performing in different cities and, like... Internationally. Yeah, nice. so it's just, like, they, they definitely made a name for themselves, and I've been so proud of them. It, it's been a way for me to reclaim my sexuality without feeling shame, mm-hmm. and I take my time on stage very seriously as a way to show other people because I know there are people like me in the world who have dealt with shame over having certain body parts or um, 
just being sexual in general, anyone who is born a female is kind of taught to like that their body is not their own and that men can do whatever they want with it and you can't be too sexual um, but you can't be too much of a prude like that's just there was so many mixed messages you grow up with like you know and even in my own family there was so many like my dad would shame me for not shaving my legs but my mom would tell me I'm a slut if I do it like very confusing Right? Should I shave just one leg? (laughs) But I just yeah, I had and and I was abused. Like I I physically, emotionally was abused and sexually abused. Mm. So like I was a very broken person and I was very ashamed of my body. I used to be a cutter. Um I used to hate to look at myself in the mirror. Like I would look at myself in the mirror and be like your hips are disgusting and this is disgusting and you're the most ugly person and no one will ever love you because that is what my family would tell like my sister would sit me down and tell me how ugly I was because she was abused so she would abuse it was just this like cycle and um I was so insecure when I first started performing I couldn't even like look up I was so afraid I couldn't make eye contact with people they had, they had this typical move where they called it their elliptical move where they'd just be like this staring at the ground going like this <laughs> <Stop> it. yeah <laughs> but uh I don't know I, I started I started performing more I started becoming more aware of like my body and um looking at myself forcing myself to look at myself in the mirror and be like Mm -hmm. Um, this is beautiful like there's nothing wrong with your body it's just because of the way you were treated when you were growing up like becoming connected with yourself and finally feeling comfortable to allow yourself the space to love yourself Mm -hmm. is something really beautiful and wonderful and it's not something the Christian community often allows you to do because we're taught that it's narcissistic it's too prideful um, that your body is not your own. It belongs to God. It belongs to your husband. And I love being on stage because, like, my body is my own. I own that stage while I'm on it. Like, this is my space. I'm allowing myself to take up the space. I'm allowing you to, like, be a part of this moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing you that there's nothing wrong with being a sexual being and loving yourself. And one time I had a guy who was just like, while she was on stage and like once he found out we were together he was like oh how do you how do you handle that and I was like what do you mean what handle what like how do you handle them being on stage like that I'm like well look at them they're doing fabulous like I'm just like I love being able to see them shine and be happy and do what they're doing on stage why would I not like that why just because other people are looking and possibly want them like that's just a little Mm. too possessive possessive. like and it's also so because i've also dabbled in sex work as well um because i think that that is a that is like a real valid job to have and Mm -hmm. and there's something about um being able to have sort of like a uh intimate connection with someone in like you're getting paid for it but you're still able to have an intimate, intimate connection with someone like you're able to like make them feel good mm, and see, see. like I've worked in strip like strip club I've done some like online stuff but um 
they obviously people are confused on how like Juju can even handle that, and people still don't understand the concept of like I have autonomy over my own body. I'm not selling my body to anyone. Right. I am selling a service, mm-hmm. and my body is still my own. And I still have the right to say no. I still have the right to, like, make my own boundaries, even if you're paying me for something. And people, like, literally cannot disconnect that, like, yeah, but you have a a spouse and someone else is touching you. And it's like, and then I go home and I I have, what I have with a customer is literally not the same thing as what, like, what we have we're in love like we love each other we're connected on a level that is so beyond anything else and like it's not even the same as like I give someone a lap dance it's three minutes where I'm connecting with them yes on an intimate level but not on like uh, a level of marriage. Mm, like there's a whole right. different. The thing like, is, the funny thing is, is that I actually have something that's more accepted. I'm a massage therapist. I touch people for an hour, two hours, and they're naked. You know? Whoa! Whoa! Right. So, what's the difference, though, really, between a massage therapy and a lap dance? Oh. It's just sexualized. Yeah, really is, it, right. is it a yeah. come back to yeah, the, the massage is the way it works. Well, well no, like, exactly what Josh said. I understand it's, that yeah. it's, it's selling. I'm selling my sexuality. Like you're literally coming into a club and being like, "I like the way you look. I want to have like you on top." Well, of that's me. so threatening to patriarchy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that just flies in the face of you know, like someone like Trump was like, "No, she can't do that. Don't yeah. let her do it." Um, and it's it's emasculating. I would say in a good way. You know, like we're. What we're in the next 10 years, 10, 20 years, maybe the first majority and minority country in the world. Mm-hmm. And like to me, that sounds like it's awesome. So, like, you being able to use your sexuality to be like, oh, fuck patriarchy is something like subversive to me. That I'm like, that more people should do that, more people should be self aware enough to do that. You know, hashtag painting. No, <laughs> I'm excited that you said that because I feel like studying that and like understanding the sex industry. Like, people don't understand that. Like, I'm selling a service. Like, you go home to your spouse. You're like, this is what I'm doing. This is my job. But so many people, so many Americans don't understand that. And I'm, I'm sure glad. you get... I mean, and they sell and, and them in another way. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, sell, we all sell ourselves to our jobs in a certain yeah. way for, uh, you know, certain... Please don't look at For whatever price, so for what you're saying. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you said that. And saying, you know, this is my job. Yes, I'm selling sexuality, but I can go home to my spouse. And I, you know, so thank you for saying that. Aside from that, where we were going to be going to saying is about how we actually do have a nun and priest fetish number. Mm. Which we do have. That ties back. I was talking about dealing with my religious trauma on stage. Do religious themed things oh. sometimes. Um, you fetishize the non fetishizing. I've seen close of it and it's crazy hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw some clips on Instagram. I was like, holy shit. But yeah, you were like, fuck the Bible, which is funny because we, <laughs> we like. We have this this long fetish number where, <laughs> yeah. like, there's Bible spanking. It's like, wait, wait, what do you <gasps> no. say, number? 
Because the Bible has been a, a tool of abuse for so long oh, for me so personally. Would it offend you if I was turned on by this idea? Well, I, I guess well, you're not sure. Okay. Be turned on by it. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> like, I mean, that's sort of the point of a fetish is like it turns you on. Would you if I like the painting that you I'm just asking because I know it's not. Please enjoy my art. I don't know. For but I'm just asking. In the in this number, the our shorter version at least it's like where the priest and nun are coming together and have this awkward affection towards each other but have to like come back towards each other and it's like she's the nun seduces the priest where I'm like I'm I'm looking at the bible trying to, to, to not go into temptation and at one point, she rips pages out of the Bible, stuffs them down her panties, and then wraps her legs around me. <laughs> Jesus so, you know. <laughs> I obviously, my life is... And I give her a baptism at the end. Yeah, it's an oil end. baptism at Holy the end. Holy... <sighs> Are you guys available Sunday morning? Will you please Prince, open for We me. have a special baptism for you all today. <laughs> But it's actually been really helpful for me to deal with yeah. because stuff like that, anything that had to do with the Bible or the church used to be really triggering for me. Mm. Like people would talk about the Bible and I would just be like, like, Duh. and then like bringing this on stage with my childhood Bible that literally has the most oppressive notes I used to write. Oh, no. Like you must obey your husband. You, you know, like these notes I used to write to myself as a little mm-hmm. kid, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And like using that as like a tool to like be like just like sexualize it was just really freeing and a lot of queer people in the community like highly resonated with it because we all mostly have like there's so many of us who have dealt with religious trauma and abuse and for someone to take that on stage and like showcase it like that it's not normally done Sometimes you just need to get One of my earliest stories from like Christianity is my original priest ran off with the nun and like left the priesthood and like married her, and they got so it was like, and no one ever talked about it because it was like the unmentionable. Yeah, you know, no one, no one gave it any 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 credence to it because they were like, they're not supposed to be that way. Yeah. And so, like, you're kind of doing the same thing. Like, you're creating something that's supposed to be unspeakable. Yeah. You know, but you're doing it, you know, on stage in life. And we all, like, people, like, my mom used to say, because we used to live next to a house that had nuns in it. And she used to always be like, they're just a bunch of lesbians. It's just a bunch of women living together. You know, they're lesbians. But but it's funny, though, because they all walked out and they all had the short, like, dykey hair that, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, Maybe they were. Maybe they were just a bunch of nuns who were lesbians. See, but nowadays in the Midwest, you can't tell between, you know, there's either lesbians or it could be a suburban house mom or a hipster. You can't tell nowadays. Or a Justin Bieber. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Lesbian or Justin she Bieber. She said Justin <laughs> Bieber. Why not? They, there is. It's crazy he, on the internet about how all style. of his <laughs> styles... They they can take a picture of a lesbian <laughs> and Justin Bieber and it almost like they're synonymous. The same. They're synonymous. Yeah. 
<laughs> Welcome to queer culture. This is what we do. <laughs> do we need to wrap up? I just, yeah, I've been there. Do, you want to, do we want to do recommendations? Or I, don't, I don't think so. That was kind of mean. Um, so I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you guys have a lot of fun? I definitely talked a lot more than I thought I was. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. This was very important. And also, I'm really offended by a couple things you said, mainly my clammy hands. I'm just gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna love listening to Caleb. Are you uh, mad that you have clammy hands? Yeah, I've really, like, been like so obsessed with. <laughs> no, no. It's warm in here. That's like you well, it's talking about how warm it's you it's are. It's humid. It's humid outside. I'm sure in an outside no, setting, don't you wouldn't try have clammy hands. See now you're you're patronizing, patronizing I'm feminizing y'all. You're feminizing. We talk so we do this every other Thursday and we talk about uh, different stuff. Obviously tonight focus. Yeah. But, um, we don't always do interviews, sometimes we just pick a topic and everyone just goes around and says like how it affected them in some way. Like Angelo led an episode about art a couple weeks ago. Josh, you did Scientology. Scientology was fun. We did. We did. Have we talked about the toy situation yet? Is that going to happen? No. We don't want to be a toy party. This is actually interesting for you. I will say this: Josh and Angela got my wife and I into that. So if you go into our new place, you'll look and be like, obviously we don't have as many toys as them because But you'll look in there and be like. I, like, I almost joked with my with my wife, man, like, we should charge for admission because we have, like, literally everywhere you look, you're like, there's this Every toy. time we have there's a this someone coming for a toy. service, whether it's a plumber or electrician or, a, like, anyone, they come in and they're just like... You have a lot of children? They're like, <laughs> no, here's the first question they always ask. Are you Are you married? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, had, I had a cable yeah. guy, I had the internet guy come over yesterday and he just looks and he's like, nice. Like, he gives me, like, a fist pump. He's like, and I was like, yeah, I know. That yeah, married know. question, though, that really makes me feel like because a lot of times we don't think women can enjoy nerdy oh, stuff. Bring it back. No, yeah, it's always. And it's like, funny that, like, are you married? Like, why couldn't this be the yeah. wife stuff? Is there like, a woman? Why? There you go. That's the first thing I say. This is all my wife's. Like, it's, know. if a woman even talks about liking Star Wars, it's questioned. Like, oh, really? I'm just like, a baseball fan. I don't know what it is. Right? <laughs> I like the sports, sports ball. I just like sports ball. That's my jam. Oh, and by the way, just for future reference, um, you know, since you know all of my catering that I've worked for 24 years, um, I wouldn't mind helping out with you in the future. Sweet. Oh, yeah. So, this has know. been great, you guys. Uh, Caleb, you've come to volunteer yeah. for a, a lunch before. Yeah. So, Angela's obviously there because she works. And I will again once I have gas. Yeah, I, feel, I, I hear you. I, feel I will too once. Once your child turns 18. You know. <laughs> oh, no, that too real, real though. Hey, too hey, real. Can I even say, having a child is tough work. We went there. It is tough work. Oh, yeah, no. That's, um, she's that's the worst thing. Did, not having children is a privilege. How, how old is she? <laughs> she's 14 months, and she's at the point where she's fucking crawling over everything. We just moved in. Years. We just moved in to our new place down the road. And so we're neighbors with Josh and Angela. She's crawling Yay! over everything. We have literally everything on all of our boxes. I'm like, where's Ava? She's like literally crawling over things. I'm like, she's like Godzilla. She's just crawling over everything, Babies getting at everything. Cats. And I'm like, take over the world she's like a cat. Yeah, no, she is literally like in a like a human cat. Newsflash: like, Babies are cats. <laughs> and I'm like. I'm Get used to it. I love her, but I'm just like, 
So now that my wife and my daughter are out of town for a couple days, I'm like, sweet. I can just go to bed when I want. You should not have said that on the fucking exactly. area. No, no, it's okay. No, my wife knows. I love them. I miss them like crazy, but. At a point. We're going to have to put them to bed. I would want some time off. Yeah, well, sure. No, everyone's okay. As a parent, as a parent, every parent will be like, can yeah, I have a night or two off? Can yeah. I have a night or two off? It's fair. Fair. I, think, I think it's a healthy headspace to like have t- independence. Oh, absolutely. From totally, yeah. I was just, I'm just being a dick. So I'm not even a dick. Wait, wait, a clammy hand dick. You too. Wow. Guys, sit down. Hey, don't fight. Sell. Hey, settle. Ow. I just like ring out of my go. So I will say to maybe wrap things up. Oh I nice. hope that um perhaps in some way we can try to help Christianity itself perform a metaphorical burlesque show mm. where it can just rip off, you know, clothes in a tasteful way. <laughs> Or say, not hey, this yeah, is, this is what I look or like. Or in a way. Maybe some of it's something that people don't like. Maybe some people like it. But uh, this is what we are. And uh, I don't know. No more Maybe Christianity can embrace the I can go with that metaphor. What it looks like as when like it's it. naked. Oh, that was a good it one. It does need to get naked. I can yeah. I can be behind that metaphor. Yeah, like that was Christianity's kind of like King Midas right now. It's just layered in too much yeah. gold, yeah. and it doesn't. It's not worth it. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> so maybe Caleb. I'm serious, right? <laughs> there is brain matter on the wall behind Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I just died. <laughs> Caleb's not here right now. He's dead. Now I believe in the resurrection again, but I just died. Again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need a smoke. Was that like a dick no. joke? Alright. Okay. Do we do a closing prayer? Here, wait. Okay, so let's pray. <laughs> closing prayer. Let's Seriously? pray. You're making sure this is my Judy's about to run out the door. You said we're all holding hands. What are we doing right now? Go team! Go team! Why do you say Judy's face? Are we Are we in like a gang now? Palpitations. Jesus. A post Christian production.